to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 170. Let's roll and roll into the 2024 season we go. Uh, the, the 2023 NFL season in the rear view mirror for sure. And the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl. That was pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, did sort of predict that a little bit, I guess. Although I get a lot of stuff wrong, so I'm not going to victory lap any of that nonsense. But kind of interesting. I had we had a there was an interesting conversation on Twitter, and I'll probably start it off at the top with uh, with the quarterback wins thing. But I want to do that maybe as I bring in Mr. John Lobb. I I'm so excited. You know, as you guys know, the series of the undrafted that we sort of start uh, this time of year, sort of before the combine, is you know, all the guys and gals that I know that are really college football aficionados, um, you know, John starts to bridge that gap a little bit because he's a college football guy, but also has, you know, some, some, some modeling in terms of prospect profiles going into, you know, our draft season. So, you know, not to say some of the other guys didn't, but he definitely has that and as we get closer to the to the to the NFL draft, we're gonna have guys on, you know, JJ Zacharyson, Scott Barrett, guys who have real strong modeling. And I want to get them with all the data, but John really does it does it both. So you definitely want to follow John. Uh, and and John is newly minted player profiler asset. Uh, so really really exciting stuff. And 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 John's an OG. Uh, I've known John a, a while now. He's been on the show before. Famously, Sam Howell is not athletic. <laughs> Famously. Am I right, Mr. John Lobb? You can find John on Twitter at GridironSkull91. The great John Lobb is here. What's up, John? Hey, man, it is rookie season. You know, it's amazing. I've really been knee-deep since about December 15th. That's about when I really start breaking down the class. And the the thing that I love about this year right now, people yeah. are just waking up to literally players that I've been watching for eight months. And I right. love, I love kind of the awakening when people are on Twitter or I hear about them on the radio and they're like, oh, there's this guy, right? And I'm like, yes. oh, welcome to That's the team. Me. I've been watching that's me. For a I'm long waking time. up. That's that's why I love college football. But it is a it is, and I understand if you are knee deep in NFL, and I love the NFL. Don't get me wrong; it's not what I mean. Yeah. But if you're so absorbed of fantasy NFL, and you're you're all your writing is NFL, and everything you do is NFL centric, yes. this is new to you. Where yes. I'm in the in the NFL college season, I'm fifty fifty. I'm watching both. Because I yes. love the prospects, I love the college game. So it's 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 so much fun to see people open their eyes and be like, "Oh, this guy's really good." I don't want to give away names because we're going to talk about him. We're going to get, but there. it's it's exciting to see it yeah. and have people be like, and I'm like, "Oh, I I really like this guy. I'm glad someone else likes him." <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. You know what's interesting is that you know um, I, I forget who just who just posted this, but it was like it's not important who was first; it's who oh, was yeah. right. You know, and, and it's true because like you know everybody's like, oh, 
Jax was first on that one. He's called it. It's like, I don't really care. Like I wasn't first on Puka. I was just right on Puka. You know, I actually wasn't right on Puka because I probably passed him a few times in rookie drafts, but then course corrected, figured it out and got a lot. I'm like 50% Puka in my dynasty leagues. Like, so, you know, at some point or another, it's not, you know, who's first it's, it's getting it right. You know, um, and sometimes we get a little bit clouded by that. I think I did that with like Sky Moore even. Like I, I sort of stuck with Sky even when I started to feel a little bit antsy about it. And this year and, and certainly last year, but definitely this year now, I'm starting to think be – I say it all the time. Be ready to be wrong, but be more water. Be ready to kind of just maneuver your takes and and listen and and really just formulate your opinion based off of everything. Don't just – plant a flag and, and stick with it. So uh, can I tell but, yeah, you a great story yeah. that I've learned a lot this past, I thought about this a lot. And if you're not reflecting and learning, you're not doing this process right, my friend. I love Kyren Williams at Notre Dame. I went back and I did a, a fantasy mock dynasty draft early February of the year he came out. I took him with pick number eight in the first round. I mean, that's how much I love Kyren Williams. Then he went to the combine, and he basically, I'm being nice, pooped the bed. Like, oh, my God. I was like, I can't believe he's that unathletic, right? Like, literally, he was that unathletic. So I moved him, you know, down from, like, running back number seven down to running back 14 or something. And then he went off the radar. I just, I lost him. Now, I got lucky on two redraft teams early in all, you know, after week one, I picked them up. I wrote yes. him DFS real quick, but I didn't have them on dynasty teams, and I really am mad at myself. But right. it's a process, right? And what happened at the combine, I just, I overanalyzed the athleticism, Correct. and I said everything that I watched. For a year and a half with Kyren Williams, I just dropped all of it. Yes. Now, yep. By the way, I, John, I took him at like the 107 in one of those, you know, preseason mocks that I did online. And I was like ready to delete that. I'm like, oh, my God, what an embarrassment. And now it looks so smart. And you're right. And I'll tell you, one other guy I did the same thing on was last year with Tajay Spears. I fell in love with the prospect. Then they yeah. said ACL knee issue. And I was like. I didn't even draft him. Like I have like zero shares and a lot of cares. <laughs> Normally zero shares, zero cares. I'm, I, I missed Tajay because of a blind spot that I shouldn't have really overvalued. So it's true. It's all the information. How much value do you place on each bit of information? And what you're saying is exactly right. I put too much value on the knee problem with Tajay. You put too much value on the, the 40 time and lack of athleticism with Kyron. When we should have been stashing them at the back of, you know, third, yes. fourth round picks, just stash them on taxi squads, and it's a running back on a 53, and you'd have been much more profitable to have done so. And, and that's what I'm mad about. I should have said value, right? I should have said yes. to myself, I like Kyron Williams, and I'm in the fourth or fifth round of a dynasty. What if he hits? Because I still right. – but I, but I said no. And now I'll be the first one. I think he landed in a perfect situation, right? Sure. You get McVeigh. They improved the offensive line, and it worked. But yeah. I should have been patient with that. Right. I should have yeah. been patient, and I wasn't, yeah. and that bothers me. Right, and it bothers you because you have 
a, a Bayesian approach, which is I'm going to take new information yes. and try and, be, and, be, and become better going forward. And that's the whole idea, man. That's the whole idea of this thing. And, and you know, um, yeah, someone just uh, had, had put on Twitter about me. They said one of his best, you know, um, skills is open-mindedness. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm open-minded because I'm empty-minded. You know, I don't know. There's nothing in there. So, of course, there's plenty of room up in there. Uh, joking. But, you know, hey, I got to ask you real quick about this quarterback wins thing. I'm, I'm just going to go on a, a short, a very short tirade, not a tirade, monologue, whatever. But I had said on Twitter, quarterback wins or, or wins is a quarterback stat. And then a lot of people would say, you're going to judge the whole game based on just one play. No, I didn't say that. You know, a lot of the sort of straw man argument is that well, completion percentage, you know, they'll always say wins is, you know, it takes into consideration the defense, the offensive line. Da, da, da. It's like so doesn't every other stat like completion percentage takes into account whether or not the guy catches it or whatever, you know, whether or not he was covered. You know, you, you know, so there's there are interdependencies in the NFL game. I take wins as being a quarterback stat for this reason. First of all, if you look at who wins it's generally the guys you think are good quarterbacks number one if you just sort of <laughs> look at it from a base level but also most games come especially nowadays come down to fourth quarter execution and fourth quarter conversion rate you know do you convert fourth uh, excuse me third downs in the fourth quarter like literally that's the difference sometimes and you know who does that good quarterbacks good quarterbacks come back and win good quarterbacks go down and have a game-winning drive. Good quarterbacks convert to run the clock out. Good quarterbacks do this, and then they win. That's how quarterbacking leads to wins. I'm not suggesting that it's the only measure of a quarterback. That would be ridiculous. Context with everything. But there's there, yards per attempt, yards, uh, EPA, all these different things. They're all very valuable. They're all quarterback stats, but they're also all um, you know, interdependent of other players doing good things. I just think it's a good way to consider because at the end of the day, you could be prolific, i.e. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston had huge touchdown yards, yards per attempt, all sorts of really cool stats. He also didn't win very much, and we found that he was flawed in certain ways because of some of the late decisions that he would make, some of the early decisions he would make, too. I'm using Jameis as one example. You know, we could talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy and how they're sort of skewed in the other way, where they get wins and they're probably not that good. Yes, that's called context. But we also can see that Purdy is pretty good. Is he the best quarterback in the NFL? No, but we also had that argument based off of other stats. He led the league in many, many stats. So if you take those other stats and say that they're ridiculous because he's not the best, then your argument falls flat. So ultimately, all I'm saying is quarterback wins are a stat. Quarterback, excuse me, wins and winning percentage are a quarterback stat. That's it. John, what do you think of me? There's no question in my mind that there are quarterbacks who know how to win. Yeah. I'm not foolish because um, who was the quarterback at Miami who won the Heisman Trophy or he went undefeated in the early um, two th at the turn of the century? Um, um, Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey. Dorsey. Yeah. He was an NFL quarterback. Right. He was a winning college quarterback. Nothing wrong with that. But he did not have an NFL arm, and he couldn't win at the NFL level. And Here's I would say also, I would also say in college, a little bit different because Alabama plays like 
the Trinity School for the Blind. Well, that well, college I, is a totally could, different game. Totally different, different. game. Pros, they're all salary cap and all pros. And, you know, I mean, there's there's irregularities in the schedule and imbalances, but basically there's parity. Yeah. Yes. I And this is where I think actual football people, and I'm not, I don't work for an NFL team, but I've watched probably three NFL games a week for the last 40 years. And I watch, you know, four or five college games for the last 20 years. And I watched before, but the game was different. They didn't have as much college football back in the 70s and 80s when I was a kid. That's right. So it's amazing what they have now. And I'll say winning matters. And I'm sorry, if you've seen Roger Staubach and my friends, go back, watch tape of the Cowboys and Roger Staubach. Yeah. And I dare you to tell me he wasn't a winner in the fourth quarter. I saw that man fight back. And go watch Jeff George, who probably was as physically gifted with arm talent as anyone in the league. And I can't remember one game where Jeff George won a game with his arm in the fourth quarter. Look it. Winning matters. I've gone back and I've been watching John Elway and Dan Marino lately. I've been watching Dan Fouts lately. Winning matters. Joe Montana. And there's something about that fourth quarter. Now, what you said earlier is interesting. If I I would love to see Roger Staubach's completion percentage, touchdown to interception ratio, because my anecdotal memory and watching, like you can go watch the games now on YouTube of the Cowboys. Yeah. My anecdotal and my memory watching those games are, I bet you he was out of, off the charts good in the fourth quarter. You know, and I I'll, can actually answer that to some degree. Oh. Not, I haven't looked at, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I will tell you this. One thing that it, it, people will do is they'll take like Roger Staubach and they'll compare him to today's game. And they're oh. like, he was, he sucked. What you have to no. do is take just that generation, yes. the generation he played in and compare it. And Roger Staubach was off the charts statistically. <laughs> versus his contemporaries, right? So he was as dominant as there was in any period of time. So that much is true. But some people will play the gotcha game and they'll compare him to like, you know, David Carr and be like, oh, he's not even as good as Derek or David Carr. You know, both That's of them. Abs- you know? It's absurd, yeah. dude. It's you know absurd. what I do? Yeah. I, my son and I, I'm teeth like he wants to know what football was like when I was a kid because I tell him how different it was. We yeah. actually watch. And he's like, wide receivers have their hands in the dirt. I said, <laughs> and there's there's no motion. Like we were literally watching games. Yeah. You can't find motion for about 38 plays. <laughs> yes. Motion is literally a fullback going Yo, two out. Steps. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or an H back. Head start movie. on the end. Yeah. That's and right. literally, he's like, Dad. Did they think a receiver got out of his stance better with his hand? I said, you know what, son? It's just one of those weird football things where you look back and you're yeah. like, how could anyone have thought that was better than standing up? Yes. Like, it is bizarre. Now, granted, Proof that evolution is real. Oh, my God. Like, you can't compare Roger Staubach, and here's why. First down, run, two yards. Second down, run, th- three yards. Third and five. Now that's a good situation for Staubach. Sometimes <laughs> right. run one yard, run minus two, third and 11. Like that happens constantly, constantly. Yeah. And I'll say this interceptions are high back in the day, and it's clear. 
I yep. was watching some Joe Namath tape, right? And here's what's different. And Joe Namath didn't have great stats, so I'm not foolish. Awful stats. It's amazing, Awful actually. Stats. But yeah, man, his arm was off the charts, dude. Yeah, he I was good, but it's like, holy smokes. How is this possible? Yeah. yeah. Joe Namath versus Bob Greasy. Unbelievable game. Joe Namath, though, on third and 15, dude, he's throwing the ball 30 yards down the field. No one's throwing the ball in the flat. Like, right. that is not happening. And he gets picked off by Jake Scott, who's sitting there back 40 yards just waiting for Joe to throw. The, like, the game is so different, dude. It's so different. So unbelievable. I mean, and, and, and even the contact that, that was allowed on the outside, like, oh. you know, it's just a – it's just a different game for the receivers schematically, Everything. the whole thing. It's all different. It's completely different. You can't different. look at stats across. So I'll, I'll also this, and I used to, as a kid, I used to think it was not really truthful, but now I've watched it. They used to joke in Denver, and you can tell I have a Denver sweatshirt. I'm a Broncos fan. So my son and I are watching a lot of John Elway tape lately. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm telling you, Elway was decades ahead. I think yeah. people don't even realize how good he was if you look back. So we're yeah. watching. He looks like Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen with a <laughs> right. George, with a Jeff George arm. Like yeah. when he's young, it's ridiculous, dude. Yes. So, anyways, we're watching him, and I remember Dan Reeves is literally running Sammy Winder, Gerald Wilhite. He's facing third and eight constantly, constantly. Then they're behind in the fourth quarter, and he's literally telling John, "Save my fucking game for me." Yeah, Save the right. fucking game. And the, the number of times John Elway did that is ridiculous. He's a winner. I'm sorry. Yeah. Look at the rosters. They got the five Super Bowls, three in the 80s. Name yeah. anyone other than John Elway who's in the Hall of Fame. The Terrell Davis team is in the late 90s. There's no one in the Hall of Fame with him in those years. That's a winning quarterback. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's go go watch. Did, I don't know if you watched it. There's uh, Four Falls of Buffalo or something like that on Netflix. Oh it's yeah, like a, I did. Have you seen That's this? Good. It's pretty good. And 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 they they talk about the 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 Super Bowl where the Giants play um, the, the 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 Buffalo Bills, and yeah. you know that year the Buffalo Bills went to a K gun offense, which is basically yep. just hurry up shotgun, which is what everybody runs all the time now. Oh, and yeah. so it's like it's standard, and nobody could stop it. Uh, the Raiders got blown out fifty-one to three in the AFC Championship game in in, uh, in that in that year, and then Bill Belichick played two down linemen, and then like all sorts. He basically invented nickel and dime against yes. that offense and won the Super Bowl with it, and it was born out of read and react. They were like, oh, they're doing this. We're going to do this. It didn't exist. It literally did not exist before that day. You know, so that's John Elway played before that. Like it was just a different oh. game and the evolution is real. And that's why it's hard to, to parse, uh, you know, from one generation to the next. Oh, wait, can I, I say have, one more hey, thing that I noticed? Go ahead. When you watch mechanics now. Yeah. Matthew Stafford's mechanics are out of control good. Perfect. Perfect, dude. Yep. And we were watching Terry Bradshaw, my son and I, <laughs> in a playoff yep. game against Denver in 1997. 1977. Yeah. 1977. Yeah. Craig Morton, Orange Crush in Denver. Terry Bradshaw's mechanics are pathetic, dude. 
Yeah. He's yeah. thrown off his back foot. It's all arm. He's, yeah. he's going seven steps back and then floating around the Flinging. pocket yeah. and throwing the ball wildly down the field. And my son said, he's in the Hall of Fame, Dad? <laughs> yeah. I said, Ronnie, what you got to understand, there was no quarterback coaches. No. There was no quarterback academies. He called I, his own plays. And I bet you Terry Bradshaw at Louisiana Tech in 1967 was literally on a coaching. They probably had three coaches at Louisiana Tech in 1968, right? Making almost poverty level, right? And they literally had no coaching. And Chuck Knoll probably coached the offensive line because, you know, it's funny. Watch the mechanics of the offensive linemen in the 70s and 80s. They're better than today's offensive linemen. Yeah, Because now we got these young coaches who think it's all about the quarterbacking and the receiving. They yeah. don't know how seven to coach. Seven. There's not enough guys yeah. know how to coach offensive line. Yeah. It's pathetic sometimes. You watch the Steelers offensive line, dude, it is simply spectacular. Yeah. Like they have left tackles going to the right side on sweeps. They're doing traps. Like that offensive line is unbelievable because Chuck Noll didn't give a crap about the quarterback. Dude. That's how they had to generate offense anyway, because you really couldn't drop back pass because your quarterback's no, liable to get killed. Your receivers are being your receivers are being held. You're yes. probably going to throw an interception. You know, a trap play for four is like, mm, dude, got him. yeah, you know? a trap play for four. It was literally about arm strength. Now, there's yes. no question. You watch it, Terry Bradshaw. Like he's he's 10, 12 yards fading back off his yeah. back, throwing it thirty yards to John Stallworth. Like yeah. you're like that. It, but that was he all would, he would get in the huddle and say, "I think you can take him deep." All right, cool. Let's run that. Like there that was the, it was not it was not as scientific as it is today. That's for damn sure. But no, we'll evolution talk, exists. Evolution exists. We'll talk about today a guy Spencer Rattler. His mm. mechanics make Terry Bradshaw look like a third grader, like because he's been coached up his entire yeah. life. Yeah, entire life. I have I have a funny feeling, John, that people did not tune in to hear yeah. me and you talk about Roger Staubach <laughs> and Terry Bradshaw. I'm just going to – it's a prediction. I don't know if it's true or not. We're going to have to take a straw poll. <laughs> but I don't think they did. So let's get into the rookie class. And you know what? No better person to talk about this incoming rookie class and the running backs than Mr. John Lobb. And I'm going to ask you a, a, a big question about these running backs, and I'm going to ask it right after this. All right, welcome back. And uh, we're going we're gonna to ask about this rookie class. John, for me, I've been kind of fading talking about uh, the rookie class, okay? Uh, the, the running backs, excuse me. And because they're kind of like, I don't know, man, they're, they're kind of um, – the forgotten, the forgotten guys. I also tend to think that like we've been so wrong with running back evaluation. And when I say we, I just mean the sort of general ADP. Like uh, I've used the examples of like Jamar Jefferson and Kylan Hill and uh, Zach Evans, Sean Tucker. Like it feel like every year there's guys that we put, well, they're right at the top, man. They're going to be, you know, first round. Kyron Williams is another one, right? You know, these are guys that we put, you know, high in, in our rookie drafts when we mock and then we're mocked for drafting them high in our rookie drafts because they go undrafted or late. So 
I tend to sort of say, let's just hold off a little bit. Let's see what happens at the combine. Let's see what happens here and there. But I do want to get into it because I haven't really yet. So I want to ask you, what do you think about this class in general? Just 30,000 foot view. What is your thoughts about this class, this running back class, uh, 2024? Not as bad as people think. Yep. There is no stud at the top. There is no Bijan Jameer Gibbs. So I think I do believe this. The narrative usually centers at the top of the draft class. Good or bad, right or wrong. People want to say, oh, look at this bright, shiny North Star. Yeah. And that's all they want to look at. And then they kind of say, well, you know what? Everyone else is pretty good underneath that. So it's a good draft class. Bingo. I think it's there's talent in here. Yeah. And one thing that I, I, I meant, we alluded to it with Kyren Williams. What I'm really starting to think about more than any other position, scheme fit and offensive line is so god darn important. I grew up in a generation where we idolized the running backs. Walter Payton, Eric Dickerson. It was yeah. they were the quarterbacks when I was a kid. If it's you true. ask they they were it. They were the bomb. So even I am guilty when I started this 11 years ago writing. I mean, I've always watched, but until I said I'm going to start yeah. writing my rankings. I wanted the running back class to be the bright shining star, even though we all love the quarterbacks. But there was something magical about that runner, that Walter Payton, right? That was totally with you. Magical. And it's the perfect position to glorify on NFL film. So not only do we love watching it, but then you have the magical, the the shows that illustrate these runs that are just so spectacular, right? Right. But after 11 years doing this, I've got to really, everything is dependent on landing spot. Everything. I don't care who you are. If you don't have five men who are blocking well in front of you, I don't care who you are. If you are getting hit two yards behind the line of scrimmage, unless you're Barry Sanders, who I can't count because he's the ultimate outlier. There was no one like Barry Sanders, like no offensive line, people hitting him and bouncing off, running around, like no one was like him. I I base it on the film analysis. I put it into my model. Yeah. And then I have to see where they land. Yeah. There is talent in this group. And we both know here who's landing in San Diego. I'm telling right. you right now, it is not Austin Eckler next year in Jim Harbaugh's offense. It's not happening, folks. It's right. not happening. Harbaugh wants an alpha bell cow. He had Frank Gore in San Francisco, and he had studs at Michigan. He is not going with the guy who relies on his pass catching chops. That is not happening to a 28-year-old running back in Jim Harbaugh's offense, folks. Whoever lands in Jim Harbaugh's offense, guess what we are going to do? One, four hours after he is drafted. Yeah. Right at the top of the rankings. Yeah, it was like the Devon A-chain. It was like the whoever landed in Miami last year, home run. I mean, there was going to be an opportunity there. And I know you and I talked about A-chan last year. I was not pre-draft. I was worried about the size. I love the film, but he's a little undersized. Once he landed in Miami, he was my number 10 
post-draft player overall. I loved right. it. I got so much A-chan, it's ridiculous. Me too. Saw, Me too. I, I was in a 14-team dynasty league. I had the 13th pick, so that means I had a pretty good year. He was there in the second round. So what's that oh pick God. number 14 and third 27? Let me I join that Jordan, league. Let me get in that I league. I took Jordan Addison in the first round. God and bless I just, you. But like I'm like, I, I just was like, okay. And I, I and this was before Kyren Williams, but I said, yeah. I, I can't let the value pass here. No. He, he landed in the perfect spot. And yeah. I wasn't now, ironically, Raheem Mostert did better than I ever imagined. Like Absolutely. I did not expect him to score 21 touchdowns, but I was not afraid of Raheem Mostert. I'm still not. He's not right. doing 21 touchdowns next year. Just stop it, everyone. So we've got we've got a class that exists yeah. with a lot of guys that are pretty exciting. We're going to get into them. I've been asking this particular question. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it. Um, it's fun. It's a fun question. Yeah. <laughs> if I told you two years from today there will be a running back from this class that's a top five dynasty running back overall, like we're talking in the Gibbs Bijan group, right? Somehow, some way, two years from now, there's a running back that gets that kind of steam and is that good. Who would you say that would be? So before I preference that or answer that, I'm going to preference, preference it, preface it with this. He's got to be young. He's got to improve to me that he can play above his talent. Like when he's 19, he's playing against men and he's got to be able to catch passes. There's only one guy who could ascend in my book who is going to, I love, it's Jalen Wright of Tennessee. Young breakout. He's three years. He's coming into the NFL early. Let's see when I get, I think he's the class of 2021. Let me, yep. Class of 2021. Five, yes. 11, 210. So he's at, and I know it sounds corny, but you know what? Size does matter. I love these. When I put them in my model, and I like the film, but I was, I did not have them. Like, if you asked me last, so I got to be honest, he wasn't on my Debbie radar. Like, it's right. because they had Jabari Small, who had scored like 14 touchdowns. They had a rotation committee. He's in a passing game offense. Anyone remember Hendon Hooker? Right? right? That's not the offense you're looking to find running backs, right? Then at the end of the year, I'm like, 1,000 yards rushing. That's interesting. They changed their scheme. Part of it is because the quarterback was terrible at Tennessee. Joe Milton, we can talk about that later. He's terrible. Don't let yes. anyone fool you people. <clears throat> and I'm looking at Jalen Wright, and then I put him in my model. I'm like, oh, two things really started to pop up that I was blown away by. 35 runs of 10-plus yards. Yeah. Oh, that's impressive. Then he had two touchdowns over 70 yards. Oh, mm. he's got some speed here. Then. Yards after contact, 4.35. He's like number one in the class, so he's getting hit, and he's still running the football. Right. He's in a passing game offense, and this is where context matters, my friend. Josh Heupel wants to throw the football down the the field to his receivers. The first two years in in his college career, he played with Hendon Hooker and he played with those great Tennessee wide receivers. He still had 30 career receptions in three years. He didn't really play too much freshman year. 
So context is 30 receptions don't look so bad. They're really not as bad. You can't go by raw total sometimes. <clears throat> and then I watched the film. He's freaking, can I say it? He's fucking good. As like, a matter of fact, John, there's there's people at home playing the swearing drinking game. Uh, and you <laughs> twice, you said poo-poo and something else. They were, they, were, they were like, oh, you son of a bitch. Say it, boy, say it. So, yeah, they I mean, were really upset that you were, like, holding back. Yeah, and I went back in the mo- – I went back to the film. I'm like, my model loves him. The film, I'm very impressed. And I, he doesn't have the most wiggle. I'm not going to tell you he's, like, that this elusive wiggle guy. But, man, you give him a lane, man, he's gone, dude. Like, yeah. I'm so mad he oh, – well, here's the, here's the paradox. I'm so mad that he didn't go to the senior bowl and participate, but I'm so happy that the secret isn't out yet, but it's starting to leak. Right. Well, he's a junior. He's a junior. He's a junior. Yeah. He he can't go to the senior bowl. Right. I mean, right. You know, no, no, no. no. he was invited my friend. How? Because they changed the rules. Oh, really? Yeah. They changed the rules this year. So he, we pre- one of the reasons I got on him early is I liked him in the mod. When do I do my model around Christmas? Because I'm a teacher, yeah. so I have a week off. So I start plugging in some early numbers, right? Putting them. Yeah. Some of the bowl games are over, so some of the guys' careers are over. So I start plugging him in, and he popped. And then I saw Jalen Wright got a senior bowl invite. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? And immediately. The light bulb went off. Oh, he applied to that committee that gives you a grade, right? Yes, yes. And what he got back said, you're a second-round pick. Because I think if he's a day three pick, he doesn't enter the draft. Or he, You would he think stayed. he wouldn't, right? Yeah, you would think he wouldn't. I got to read between the lines. I'm an old man. I've been around this block a lot. He must yeah. have gotten a very high grade. So I said, what am I doing wrong? And that's, I'm like, okay, he's really goddamn good. He's yeah. really, so around January 2nd or 3rd, I'm like, okay, he's my guy. And I, my partner at Rookie Big Board, Matt Hicks, I typed it in. I'm like, I know you're a Volunteers fan, Matt. I found my guy. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, it's Jalen Wright. It's like, really? I said, yeah, he's the guy I like most. Doesn't mean I have him number one. That's not what I'm right. saying. Right. What I'm saying is he's the guy I like most. Right. I'm not going to pay a first round number six pick for him because there's right. still risk. Right. But I love him. So, so, so I, I like this take. I haven't dug too deep into Jalen Wright. I will certainly, I think I was really, you know, kind of waiting to watch the, the top running backs. I will, I will watch Jalen Wright. I have not, I have not watched his film yet. Um, but what I see on the, on the, uh, you know, 30,000 foot view numbers is something interesting. You know, sometimes you'll see raw yards per carry, and I'll yeah, give yeah. you an example. It's like Daryl Henderson and the and the guys, you know, Antonio Gibson, all the Memphis guys. It's like somehow Memphis is just all the guys run. You know what I mean? They're running free. Scheme, brother. Ooh, yeah, baby. exactly. Like I remember watching Daryl Henderson and being like, like before I started watching him, I was like, this is the RB one. Look at this guy. And then I put <laughs> in the tape. It's like, dude, he's running down a freeway. Freeway. <laughs> like, no one on the in the defense. He's just all by himself, just chucking down the. I'm like, this is ridiculous. How do they even do this? You know, so you sort of learn, and then you start to look at things like you know his yards per carry versus the team. Well, when you do that, 
Jalen Wright really dominates. I mean, Jabari Small, uh, Dylan Sampson, these guys are like at five yards, and he's at 7.4. They had very similar amounts of of carries, yet, you know, Jalen was just well ahead of them. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's something there. I, I can't wait to see what, what, he, what he looks what, like. And yeah, you know, he put Jabari Small basically on the bench. Like right. he and Jabari, I was interested in Jabari Small. Like, I'm like, ah, the number's all right. Let me see what Tennessee does. And basically, Jalen Wright bought him or <coughs> beat him out. And he's, he's, yeah. the guy. he's, he's good, dude. I think he's going to go in the second, definitely in the third round. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and that's my next question is like, I, I feel like, um, you know, when I look at the class, I kind of think, um, uh, to me there, all right, I'll, I'll give it to you this way. There's like sure. 10 backs that like, yeah. I'm just sort of like, okay, I'm interested in these backs at maybe, I don't know, close to 10, you know, and I'll, I'll name them real quick. Just sort of the, there's this sort of cream of the crop. And I think they're sort of tightly together and draft capital is going to sort of suss them out. Like, like for me, my answer to the who's going to be top five is Jonathan Brooks. I really love Jonathan Brooks. So like you talk about Trey Benson out of Florida State, Blake Corum, who I think is the I, I've said he's the sort of the Kyron Williams of the class. I think he's just a a really good football player. I love Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen scares the hell out of me. Bucky Irving is good. Estime is like a battering ram. You're Jalen Wright. Marshawn Lloyd impressed at the Senior Bowl. You know, this is sort of Will Shipley. What exactly is he? But these are sort of the top 10 backs by some sort of measure. Um, And I'm not so sure that they all end up being top 10, you know, after the combine, after the draft. There's going to be some shakeup there. But in sort of general, you look at them and go, okay, these are the guys. And I I wonder which one of them. Like Bucky Irving is one of those guys that I kind of think he's got some – some upside, some appeal potentially. Jonathan Brooks is another one. Um, Trey Benson, we've talked about a lot. Let's start with Trey Benson. Trey Benson, you know, I've had two people over the last, like Thor Nystrom and Ray Garvin sort of both echoed the sentiment that they're like, I would watch him and be left wanting more. I mean, we oh. titled the Ray Ray Garvin show, uh, Trey Benson Blue Balls or something like that. I mean, he literally left left him flaccid and Thor was like, I just couldn't figure out what I didn't like when I was watching this Florida state team. What are your thoughts about Trey Benson and how he translates to the next level? I'm very low on him. I have him number eight, in my pre-draft rankings. I don't get it. And I've looked, you know, we all like to sneak around, right? I think that's, that's part of the internet fun, right? There are websites that have Trey Benson. Number one, dude, I tried to like him. I had him on two CFF teams, like his third round picks. I watched a ton of Florida State, Keon Coleman, Jordan Travis, undefeated, right? And every time I'm like, when is Trey Benson going to be Trey Benson? Like, he he is not, I have not, now, this is the eyeball test and the eyeball test can be deceiving, right? But never once did I watch a Florida State game and say, oh, Trey Benson's the best guy on the field. Right. Like, there's no question in my mind he's the best. He's the engine of the offense. He's the offense. He's the guy I'm – I'm like, what? Am I blind? Like, literally, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what am I doing? And I'm like – then I calm down. I watch enough football. I can have a different opinion. I don't care. I'm not drafted. I – 
it could be the third round of a dynasty draft. I'm not touching Dre Benson. Mm. I'm sorry. Strong. I mean, no. Well, look. Here's the thing: is not unless, doing it. Look, right, right now, you're right. He's consensus sort of at the top, so you don't oh have to God. worry about. You don't have to worry about making a decision on him now. The the process might start to agree with you, or it might not. Either way, you're probably never going to be faced with you, you personally. You'll never be faced with the the decision on Trey Benson because there's going to be other guys that are ahead of him, and who knows that this could end up being a very uh, you know wise take. There's been a lot of guys, you know, he, you know, he's kind of, I mean, I hate to helmet scout here, but in this way, he kind of reminds me of Cam Akers because Cam Akers had a lot of like explosive, um, you know, plays. And you do see that on Trey Benson's film. You see some, you see some explosions, some, some sort of elite level traits, but yeah. you don't see elite level consistency at all. You actually see the quite the opposite in terms of consistency. And I think we had a little bit of that with Cam Akers. Of course, the excuse back with Cam Akers, and we still never really know whether this was right or wrong with Cam Akers because he was popping Achilles like uh like some of y'all are popping, you know, you know what? But um it, it was because he played behind a terrible offensive line at Florida State and he had to quote unquote improvise in order to do anything. He had like the 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 he was he was contacted on average behind the line of scrimmage on on his runs when he was at Florida State so we sort of excused Cam Akers inadequacies away Trey Benson really shouldn't have any excuse that team was dope for lack of a better term I mean you know they me, they they went undefeated you know let me give you another thing that you just mentioned that was important you were talking about the Memphis backs yeah their coach was Mike Norvell he's the coach of Florida State. Hmm. He coaches running games. Mm. You know why I like Trey Benson and CFF? Because I figured Norvell's running game would finally start in his third season. It would get a kickstart because they were loaded. I mean, they went undefeated. So I was right. They went undefeated with a good defense and a great running game coach. And he never impressed me, my friend. He never impressed me. So I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, he he also has the sort of the opposite effect here, and and this is probably something to, to pay attention to that his yards per carry didn't quite add up to some of the other backs on that team, um, you know, uh, so that that's also a little bit of a red flag. There were a couple other backs who actually outperformed him on a per touch basis. I know that's yeah. not everything, but it's not like he was that explosive. He, he even you know as a as a receiver out of the backfield. Um, you know, he was actually pretty good, 11.4 yards per catch this past season. But, you know, there were some other uh, some other guys making some plays uh, out of the backfield as well. So, Here's what bothered me. He only had 23 runs over 10-plus yards. There you An go. explosive running game where lanes are open. That's there bad. It is. Yep. Some red flags surrounding Mr. Trey Benson. So let's get to my guy. My guy that I want to elevate to my RB1, but I probably won't need to do that because he's injured, is Jonathan Brooks. I'm a big Jonathan Brooks fan. I love the film. I think, you know, you can excuse away his freshman and sophomore seasons by saying he was playing behind, let me just check here, Bijan fucking Robinson, uh, you know. (laughs) And Roshan Johnson, who's in the And Roshan Johnson. That's right. So, I mean. You know, hey, hard to get on the field. You know, he did get on the field actually, and and then in his his final season, he was a workhorse. He was great. He played for a good team. Was very steady. Caught the ball well out of the backfield, and he's a real slick runner. I mean, he, his balance and 
creativity as a runner in, in small spaces is really impressive. When he gets to the edge, he's able to sort of evade tackles with minimal sort of movement. Um, yeah, really, really impressive uh, runner. Obviously, he tears the ACL late that- in the year and still is coming out as a junior, which means that that committee you're talking about was like, no, 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 dude, you're going to get fucking drafted. Or he's betting on himself. Either way, I fucking love that. I love the tape of Jonathan Brooks. And I have him at number two. I'll give you some. No one knows this yet. It's coming out on Player Profiler. It should be out today or tomorrow, maybe by the time people are listening to this. I have Brooks at number two. I started the process in December. He was at number five, and he moved way up because – I had him. I, I bet he was cheap in college fantasy football league. So I had a ton of yeah. Jonathan Brooks. I also was scouting Xavier Worthy and and Quinn Ewers throughout the season. And Texas was undefeated. He right. did have that, and that, that that hurt so much late in the season. I think he had it like week eleven. He had the ACL injury, and it yeah. was just so frustrating to see him go down like that. I I will say one thing, and this this image lasted with me the whole time watching him on film. He's smooth, man. He's smooth. He just like there. I feel like it's watching a '70s band, a disco, not no, a funk band. Yeah. It's just yeah. really smooth with their music, right? You relax and you're happy, and you're like when you listen to the cacophony of all the different musicians, you're like that stuff is good. I don't know yes. how they're putting together this sound. When I watch Jonathan Brooks, man, he's just so damn smooth. Like you said, yep. he he just evades tackles. Like it's like it's not even hard for him. Like Correct. he's just sort of make you miss and move forward. Like it's really he's it's really, really cool. And then yeah. I went back to some high school rankings. And I think people he got a four star. And I think people love explosion backs. And what I mean by that, you have to have explosion in one of two ways. You're either Devin a chain where you just, wow, you get the lane and you go. Like you're like, holy crap. Or you're explosive in the Derrick Henry way. Like, holy crap. That guy is just running people over. Well, Jonathan Brooks is an entirely different analysis. You have to be comfortable looking at backs who excel in different ways. Yeah. And Jonathan Brooks can excel, kind of like Sean McCoy. If you yeah. remember Sean McCoy coming out of Pittsburgh, now he wasn't, but he was different. There was a different feel to him. Le'Veon Bell, that patience. I still have never seen anyone with Le'Veon Bell's patience. And that was hard for people to analyze. He landed in the right team with Pittsburgh that knows to give their backs and let him be patient behind that line, and he was amazing. Jonathan, you got to have a coach who's really okay with that smooth – like, son, are you working hard enough? I'm fine, coach. Right, like you got – like coaches want the the sweat dripping. (laughs) Right, and and John, I'm good, coach. You want another carry, son? I'm good, coach. I'm ready. Like, give me the ball, coach. Like, and yeah. not everyone's comfortable with that. But he's yeah. awesome, dude. Yeah, I think the I think I, the, the ACL will allow me to have more Jonathan Brooks than I would have otherwise been able to attain, and I'm just fine with it. I will be looking 
so it, it, for me, I've been looking at the, the, the sort of, I'll just go on a slight tangent. Yes. I'm looking at this class and I go, okay, you got the three, the three wide receivers, you know, neighbors, Marvin Harrison, Jr. And Adunze, you've got the, the, the four quarterbacks, if we want to call it now, but three or four, whatever, three yeah, quarterbacks, yeah. you've got Brock Bowers and it's like, okay, so that's like seven, eight, somewhere in the late first, I will be tempted as long as he gets day two capital, maybe even early fourth round capital, Jonathan Brooks, that is, and a landing spot, unlike, you know, I mean, let's face it, like a band of candle last year, this got like absolutely crushed fifth round ah, behind Brees Hall. The Brees Hall, like, what are you going to do, man? You're it was like, a death it. sentence. But as long as he doesn't get something, yeah, as long as he doesn't get something like that, I will be looking to push the button for Jonathan Brooks as soon as I can, reasonably, because I think you know as we we'll talk a, a little bit about this wide receiver class. There's a little bit of a, a a flat curve after after the big the the big three, if you will. And so, yeah, I mean, unless there's something really staring you down, what's wrong with taking a guy with gigantic upside? you know, in that second round of your rookie draft. So Jonathan Brooks is someone that I'm very, very tantalized by. You know, he had limited touches as a freshman and and a, and a sophomore, you know, his first two seasons at Texas because of, again, Bijan and Roshan. Yeah. But, but listen to this. In all three of his seasons, he was above six yards a carry and above 11 yards per catch. All three seasons. Overall average in his career at Texas, 6.2 a carry, 12 yards a catch. Really, really good. And he had 25 receptions this past year. So proving it as a receiver, that's another thing too. When I watch him, he's a slick receiver out there, man. He's got good hands. He go oh, up and get good. it. He can be targeted down the field. This is a multifaceted weapon at the next level, and I am just super excited. Ray, Ray Garvin and I uh, fantasize that, you know, Derrick Henry signs in Dallas for a one-year deal, and they draft him somewhere in the third round, and he's the sort of red shirt guy who, you know, 2025 wheels up for Jonathan Brooks in Dallas. All right, look, if, if even if they didn't bring in Henry, what if, what if they just take Jonathan Brooks and let him sit behind Tony Pollard? Or like whoever, that, right, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, just yeah. saying, like, you know, they have a one-year plan, and then they, yes. you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's so – here's the thing. So ACLs – I'm still old, so ACLs are hard for me to deal with. But maybe Brees Hall has shown me a lot because he came back even faster than I ever imagined. And right. I do – I've been trying to research, like, the technology, it seems like, from what I understand, and I'm no yeah. doctor by any stretch. But the surgeries are getting better. The play, getting better. the recoveries are getting better. So I've got to open my mind. And he's young. This, Yes, he's young. He, that's the key. He's not 27 with this. He's right. 20 or 21. So and he just body, turned 21, yeah. Yeah, his body has tons of time to recover from this. And what if he takes what if he's on the what do they call him the NFL? The um the eight weeks where you're not you can't be active. There's a there's a list, a pup list, right? Yeah. So then maybe they put him on the pup list. That's Perfect. fine. Perfect. Let him sit. That's okay. Yep. Let the knee get healthy, then put him in right late in the season. I hope he is on the pup list. Exactly. If you draft him, you want him on that pup list. You yes. don't want him thrown into action. No, so, yeah, absolutely. No. You, you know you're team. eating. You're eating year one almost with with Jonathan Brooks, which yes. for a lot of gamers is going to be really difficult for them to swallow. Which is why he's going to get pushed down into a lot of our laps. So I will ask you this. Yeah. You mentioned he's your RB two. Yeah. Who's your RB one? This I, this is it took me a while. It is Blake Corm. Yeah, dude. If you're looking for a guy who will not, I don't think he's gonna. Uh, how do I want to say this right? 
He will not fold in the NFL. Yeah, I don't fail. know. Right. Yeah. No. I don't know if he's going to get 1,500 yards. I mean, you might have to put him in a real good – I don't think he'll do that. But, man, I'm t- I've am said this many a times about him. And I've said this about when I grade. I grade inside out. I want to go. I want to run him back between the tackles, and then I go outside. Blake Corn between the tackles in a phone booth is the best running back in this class. Yep. I, dude, That's his right. vision, his vision with offensive linemen who are. I mean, Michigan's offensive line is ridiculously big. He's five eight, two hundred. We'll see what he measures. But he hides. And he finds every goddamn crease that there is, dude. Yeah. Like, he is not an outside runner at 5'8", 200 pounds. And I'm, this is, he's as tough as nails, dude. I've yeah. seen He's like, the Kyron um, Williams in a lot of ways. You know, he's just a pro, yes. right? I mean, he gets he's just going to, yeah. Dude, he gets lit up, lit up. <laughs> and he keeps going. And yeah. I know, like, analytics guys will say this is impossible he's great at the goal line dude i'm sorry Hell yeah yeah there you have there is goal line runners i've seen so goal many guys skill. literally run up yeah. someone's ass at the goal line and get fucking yep. knocked back well they panic right they panic, they panic as opposed to having just the right amount of patience that's right yes. there, there is a skill yeah there is he's awesome at the goal line now there are some holes in his game. I get it. Size. Yeah. But I think he's going to be 195 to 200. That's fine with me. I'm okay with that. He's not an elite pass catcher, but he's adequate. He's he, But Michigan doesn't run 20 yards. I don't know. I, it's not on film. That's not what Michigan runs. They don't put their running backs on, on out routes down the middle of the right. field or outside the hash mark. So I don't know. Is he you, adequate? You, hey, look. John, you know where he's going, don't you? I do, I mean, too. I think he's going to go to San Diego. Yeah, I love how you said San Diego, too, because he's going oh, to fucking San Diego. <laughs> That's all right, brother. I still I do. I, the Chargers. Hey, the Oakland Raiders. Watch. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, my, he's going to Los Angeles with the Chargers. Yeah. The I, LA Rams. Going somewhere. If he no, goes no. in the second round. St. Louis Rams. In the sec- Dude, he's going to be the number one back on every dynasty board. Yeah, exactly. He, you know, I, yeah. If yeah. he lasts in the third round, he still might be the number one back. Yeah, I if, he, if he goes to the Chargers, I agree. Yeah, it's it's Harbaugh's going to ride him. And what does Harbaugh yeah. care? He'll ride him for two years and dump him. He doesn't yep. care. But no, here's the I, thing. I'm telling you right now, I'm out on Herbert. Anyone who thinks Herbert's going to be good with Harbaugh, stop drinking the Kool-Aid, man. Harbaugh's going to run that ball. I'm yeah. telling you. He's not gonna. He's not gonna start fucking throwing the ball 30, 40, 50 times. That he ain't. He's gonna be physical. What were the 49ers? Physical. Yeah. That teams he brought to the Super Bowl was a running team with Frank Gore and Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. <laughs> Who was their number one guy? Michael Crabtree. He's a nice fantasy. He was a wide receiver too. Guys. I'm going to be all out on Justin Herbert. And I'm telling you right now, if I'm in Dynasty, I'm trading him right now. See ya. What do you want? Harbaugh's not going to throw 40 times a game. He's just not. There you go. I've seen Harbaugh for 20 years. <laughs> I'll tell you, this is not a bad take. I have no idea what I'm I'm thinking about this. Um, 
you know, I do projections every single year and the, that the chargers will be a difficult projection um, because, you know, pass rate um, pace, those things are going to be tough to figure out because you're right. His history is a certain way. He also didn't have Herbert, right? You know what I mean? So there's a, there's a bit of split. There's a splitting of the difference, I think. And I'm with you that it's not going to be the way that it was, but it also probably is, well, almost certainly won't look like what the Kaepernick offense was either, right? So it's somewhere in between, and, I, and I'm going to have to, you know, sort of split that difference, I think. But you I agree know with you, it's not going to be a run and gun. You know who he brought in, right? Uh, no, who? Greg Roman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Do you know what Greg yeah. Roman's going to do? Well, run he's not going to do... <laughs> He's not going to do what Kellen Moore was doing. So I am not taking a quarterback on a Greg Roman team. Yeah. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's not good. Harbaugh and Greg Roman is not a good answer for Justin Herbert volume. No. That's correct. No, that's it's just, not. That's a fact. Yeah. He might be efficient. He yeah. might literally be. Here's the irony. We talked about winning stats. Yeah. Herbert he might, might turn into a winner. Yep. He might throw the ball 25 times a game, complete 20 passes for 230 yards and one or two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. That's not fantasy gold. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, no. he, and he's going to run a little bit. He'll run. He had McCarthy run. He had Colin Kaepernick, Lamar Jack. Like, he'll get his 300 yards rushing and four or five yeah. touchdowns. But he's yep. not going to – he's not throwing for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns. It's not happening. Book it. <laughs> Blake Corum, RB one. I get that. It's 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 sort of a safe play. I think Jonathan Brooks poses way way higher upside, but also way 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 lower floor. I totally agree. It's definitely two different types of plays, and also we'll see exactly how bad the Jonathan Brooks injury hurts his draft capital. We're going to see how draft capital affects all these guys. Who 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 uh who, who do you want to talk about next? Because I don't have a a guy that I definitely want to hear specifically, but I, I want someone that you think is maybe interesting. It, it can be your RB three or anybody else. I, I'm going to give you my RB three and four and you tell okay. me what you think. Yes, sir. Bucky Irvin's my number three. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Here's why two stats really woke me up to, and I liked Irvin at o- Oregon. Cause I was watching Bo Nix, Troy Franklin. Yeah. And, and, and Devin Achan taught me a lot. He's uber efficient with his touches, dude. 92 careers. I was like, he had 92? Whoa, I was shocked. Here's what I liked. Yards after contact, Bucky Irvin's 3.9. That's really high. 31 carries over 10 plus yards. So we have uber explosive pass catching back at 190. Of course, I want him to be Jamar Gibbs. What was Jamar? 200? Came in that magical number. 199, yep. Of course, I would love Bucky to be 200. But you know right. what? 190 in space on a 510. What if he's 5'9", 190? That's right. – and we just saw – here's the difference between him and – and I like Devin Singletary. I like yeah. him in Florida Atlantic. But there was one hole in Devin Singletary. He's not explosive. Right. He's just Bucky not Irving that is. big. Yeah. And he was very damn good. Yeah. Bucky Irvin is Devin Singletary with explosion. So he's yeah. not Devon Achan, but he's much so if if I put him on a spectrum, he's somewhere closer to Achan than Devin Singletary, 
Yeah. But they're on the same spectrum. Yep. I made them number three. I think that's wise. Yeah, I think that's wise. Devin Singletary was a was a dominant player from day one in in, in college. Of course, he played at a smaller school. We have to kind different. of we we kind of had to figure that one out. Um, yeah, look, you know, Bucky Irving, you know, this was at Minnesota uh, yes. his freshman year, played Good. pretty well. You know, seven hundred yards, yards um, right? six hundred sixty or something. Six ninety nine, yeah. He there was, you, you know, he had seven hundred seventy two total yards, and then and he puts up thirteen fifty seven and fifteen ninety three total yards. Um, you know, right? Really, yeah. really huge seasons at, at Oregon, and you know, over a thousand yards rushing. He did that thing six point eight and six point three yards per carry. I know it's a wide open offense. There's probably you know some stuff there, but he is explosive, and yes. and, and and he's proven to be a pass catcher. You know, thirty one. And 56 catches, as you point out, 95 receptions, absolutely a signal that he's a he's a all-purpose athlete and an all-purpose running back at the next level. Size matters, you know, it does to some degree, oh, yeah. you know, but I think the size mattering is changing. We've had a lot of conversation about that on this show. I don't want to get too deep into it, but ultimately, with the use of multiple backs, etc., that 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 smaller back has a place in this game now to actually succeed. And again, the game is changing more passing routes, more, you know, all the, all, all the things we already know. Um, it's no, it's no longer trap for four, right? That no, basically it, is what, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would have said seven, 10 years ago. Oh my Forget God. Him. But it's not, the game's different. It's different. The game's different. So yeah. I think he's the, I, I just watched too much film. There's too much explosion. I do think a coach is going to fall in love with him. There's going yeah, to, I kind of, I, I kind of have the same thing. Like Jonathan Brooks and Bucky Irving are like these sort of high, uh, high upside plays. And Blake Corm yeah. is that sort of, hey, man, he's just safe as, you know, he's a hey, government, U.S. government bond. Just put him in. He's not going to make you rich, but he's not going to make you poor either. Yes. And if you're a coach, you're going to like that. You're going to like the 4.3 yeah. yards of carry. You're going to like the the goal line short yardage with Corum. You're going. Those coaches want if you want four yards, he's going to get you four and a half. I mean, they're okay with that. And Corum, is J- hey, is Jalen right? Your RB four? No, I'm not. because oh. no, it's he Blaine could be. Okay, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Tell me why. I'm 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 super dubious of this dude. I know. I, I, I'm higher on him, and I'm lower. He used to be number one. I put him down at number four. The film is very good. I'll say that there's something that I was listening to Terrell Davis in an interview, and they asked him, what's your number one asset in a running back? Guess what Terrell Davis said was the number one asset? Take Playing with John Elway. What? Playing with John Elway. <laughs> You're right about that. Get John Elway to be your quarterback. Yeah. Vision. Vision. I've seen too many running backs literally run straight into a hole, even when there's two linemen and a defender sitting them right in the face. They don't have vision. I think Blake Corum's got incredible vision. Braylon Allen doesn't have the, the, the one part he's missing in his game is explosion. He can run away from people, but he's not. I wouldn't like that's not the trait when I think of Braylon Allen. His vision's awesome, dude. He's very good. He's very good. He's 20 years old. He's played running back for three years. 
three. Let me repeat. He's played. He was a linebacker in high school. Mm. He's played running back for three years. And what Josh Allen taught me, you have to project. Like you were projecting with Jonathan Brooks, and I agree with you. So when I study Braylon Allen, I say this. <clears throat> what do I think this man's going to be when he's 23? Dude, he's 6'2", 240. You get him at 235. Just get him a little bit in the weight room, not too much. I don't want to lose too much. You get him in an NFL eating and you get him with NFL coaches. Now, he's going to be a little scheme dependent. Like, yes. I, I'll admit that with him. I don't want him in – um. I just I don't want him in the Dolphins offense, right? That right. doesn't fit what he does. I just think in the right system where they're going to give him 18 to 22 carries a game. Yeah. They're going to look at if he had Mike Vrabel as his coach. Yep. Or let's, yep. Yep. let's just Harbaugh. Yep. Harbaugh. Yep. Hey, what I think dude, Harbaugh <laughs> should take the tackle at number five. Yeah. He should. If he doesn't take that tackle, he's out of his mind. He, they yep. need offensive line help. He's 6'8", 330 pounds. Please take him. Yep. And then you put Braylon Allen in Greg Roman's system. He's better than Gus Edwards. Yeah. He's better than – he's as big as Frank Gore. He's yeah. got good feet. Not electric. There's yeah. a difference. He's got good feet, but he's not electric. I think you're right about him being a little scheme dependent. I, he I, is. I, I I didn't watch every game. I didn't watch all of his film. I watched a little. And what I did watch, I was like, I was waiting for like some wow plays. And I was like, wait, where where is it? You know, he left me wanting a little bit more. Now I'm going to go back in and dig in because here's the thing. He walked on to Wisconsin as an 18-year-old freshman and went uh, 1,268 rushing yards <laughs> at 6.8. Right. So he walks into the Big Ten and just dominates. He, yes. he did not do that this past year as he had under a thousand yards, only five point four yards a carry. Yeah. You know, only four point seven yards a catch. I mean, you know, you'd like to see a guy that's that much, you know, of a of a of a specimen be able to break a few. I mean, we go back to Jonathan Taylor. I don't mean to compare him, but you know, another Wisconsin oh. guy. Jonathan, oh, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor, everybody said, Oh, he better. can't catch. He was ripping. I mean, he scored a touchdown on every other catch. I mean, he had he had like six touchdown catches on like 18 uh, catches in one year. It was like just because he was just so much better. You know, we didn't see that type of stuff. So I think he is a little bit of a two-down grinder, which scares me. You know, maybe again, NFL, maybe he's a better NFL player than a fantasy player. I'm a little bit dubious uh, of Braylon Allen. And, you know, there, there is some bust potential here. I'll just say that much. Oh, there, but- there's a wide – there's a wide range of outcomes. I, I'm not I'm not blind. So I will say, I tend to, this is funny, I grade on ceiling. And, I, and yeah. it's hurt me yeah. at times. I, but I'll let me put a little context on. I'll put it this it, way. I'd rather have Trey Benson than Braylon Allen, me personally. Oh, my just God. Boom. What are you Boom. drinking? What are you drinking? Give me, please, please give me some of that. Love no, it. Just get them started. Years. But let me say this for context. They brought in a new coach, and they brought in, more importantly, a new offensive coordinator. What they wanted to do at Wisconsin, they needed to upgrade the offense this year. Anyone knows Wisconsin's been playing that Neanderthal running game since the 1970s. They brought in a guy who's known as – the passing coordinator, 
and he's the one who had Sam Howell and Drake May at UNC. So they Sam Howell's not this- athletic. <laughs> so they bring in this coordinator, Longo, who's an old school, I think he's 60, who's been around the college game forever, and he knows how to coordinate a passing game. So they bring him into Wisconsin. Well, now you've got a problem with NIL. If you're Braylon Allen and you see this wonder guy with the right. throwing game, what are you saying to yourself? I need to what? Get out, Get of, here. out of here. Yeah. What the, I think they told him behind closed doors. Young man, we're still going to get you the ball. Less carries. You might not be as efficient because what we're going to do is scheme different. But you're going to catch. He caught a career. Didn't he have 24 catches this Something year? Like that. Yeah. It was his career high. No yards. No yards. Yeah. yeah. But he he caught 28 catches for 132 yards. But, dude, they were throwing, but but, but they're throwing the ball two yards behind the field. I I know. I'm just saying, where's the, there's one big play out of 28 could have changed. I mean, you know, it's like, not good. I'm going to go watch it. I'm going to go watch it because I haven't watched it all, you know? Not good. I'm going to, and that's why I have him down at four. Yep. But here's what I, what I liked about him. Watch him. Freshman and sophomore year, when they're yeah. just pounding them between the tackles. Yeah. When I'll tell you this, Chuck Noel, North, North South player. Yep. North yep. South player, dude. Just let him hit people. Just yep. let him hit people. Now, yep. there is a lack of ceiling because I don't know if he's ever going to catch 40 balls in the NFL. Right. Yeah. But you can make up for it with touchdown equity. I yep. think he's a double-digit touchdown guy. If that, if they make him their guy at the goal line, like if he's the guy, the coaching staff says we're in the red zone. Put Braylon in the game. I guess what I'm asking, John, are you sure that he isn't just not as good as Ray Davis? Like, I mean, oh, interesting. I have Ray Davis mean, like, number nine. Like, but, you know, I, I'm Davis? not saying like Ray Davis is great. I'm just saying like, no, you know, no, when, I when I start to look at the tier, I'm like. Well, maybe just I, – I just don't – you know, at least with, with Corum, it's like, dude, pro. He's just oh, a yeah, pro, I'm sure. You know, it's like I don't – I'm not getting too excited, but I, I can pick a few holes in his game. But really, he's just a, a really solid player. Jonathan Brooks, it's like, dude, you saw it. It's just yeah, there no. on display. You know, Bucky Irving, you know, he, Matt, superpower, catch the football, break it out in space. I mean, you know, he, he can be played a lot like Jameer Gibbs, right? He can be played in that role. He doesn't even have to be the lead back. As long as he's in a up-tempo offense with a little bit of a passing game, you know, Braylon Allen, you go, wait, what is he going to do? Like, you know, it, okay, so he's going to be a between the tackles. What if he's just not that explosive? You know, he doesn't he doesn't look like Derrick Henry when, when you watch the film. Oh, he's, he's not, not Derrick Henry. He's not. So it's like, okay, well, he's not that type of, like, dominant force so we talk at aj Dillon. you know aj Dillon actually was pretty athletic you know he didn't catch the football either but it's like what are we getting and then i look at guys like what about marshawn lloyd where where do you have him so i have him at number five right below braylon allen there you go i think i'd like i like marshawn lloyd more than 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 and i think most of the community will like marshawn lloyd more than than i do and i think most people will say i'll take lloyd over allen so I'll say this, though. It's about projection. What's he going to be at 23? What is Braylon? And I think Braylon Allen, with that vision, with those feet, at 23. Marshawn Lloyd has spectacular, 
but he also disappeared so much in games at USC and South Carolina. I do like him. I moved Marshawn Lloyd after I liked him at the Senior Bowl. He was impressive what I saw. I moved him up to number five. He's a little older. He's a year older than Braylon Allen. He came out in 2020. Yep. And yep. he had that injury. It was the second day of training camp, and he hurt himself freshman year. But he seems to be recovered from that. I will say I think Marshawn Lloyd's ceiling's higher, but I think Braylon Allen is really safe. Now, I like the A.J. Dillon. I think that's an interesting comp for Braylon Allen. Yeah. I think Braylon Allen's better than A.J. Dillon, and I love yeah. A.J. coming out of Boston College, so I do think yeah. he's better. Yeah. And I wonder, A.J. Dillon ended up behind Aaron Jones, and you know what the problem is? Aaron Jones is fucking great yeah how they have never really said like and i don't think he deserves it now but he's never really become the guy where they say we're going to give you 250 carries you can't with aaron jones he's too good he's too good and what does that do to aj Dillon's confidence there's other factors they have receivers they got a good quarterback there's so many factors right yeah i do think braylon is better now i like marshawn lloyd but I'm worried he's never shown me, and, and this is where like maybe Agreed. NFL guys are different. He's only had 128 touches each of the last two seasons. Yeah, I, I this is when you start to look at these guys. They all have something. Where no, they like, all oh. have holes. They you all know, have like, holes. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. You know, each guy. Let me ask yeah. you this question. And you may know my answer, so if you want to give my answer and make my my my. Uh, <laughs> My fan base or the listeners all get excited, but who's your deep sleeper? Do you have a, a running back prospect that you feel like, you know, is a little bit deeper down the board that you're like, let's keep an eye on this guy because I think he might be something. Uh, if you say my guy, of course, you know, the crowd's going to go wild. Well, I think there's two players I'm going to get a lot in the fourth and fifth round of dynasty drafts yeah. right now. Maybe yeah. down the right. road. It'll- it all changes. I know. It's going to be Kendall Milton, Dewan Edwards out of Georgia. We talked about this pre, pre-show. pre-draft yep. show off the year. Yep. And I I watched a ton of Georgia football, and I was like, you know, these backs, they're rotating. They're, they got Carson back. They're throwing the ball with, with Brock Bowers. And they're they up got 40. Left. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, they're okay. Then I plugged them in my model. I was like, did this really happen? I never saw this. This is why I love the model, right? Because your yeah. eyeball can be deceiving based on scheme, based on usage, score of the game. Kendall Milton, 6'1", 220. He's that big? That's what I said, my friend. That big. Yards after contact, I was like, you're kidding me. 4.12 in the SEC? Ooh, I didn't know that. Then I said 6.2 yards per carry. Oh, where did that come from? 10-plus yard runs, 27 on very limited carries. My friend, what is his touch? How many many carries did Milton have in that committee backfield for Georgia last year? 121. He had 27 runs over 10 yards. That's one out of... That's one out of five carries over 10. Oh, my God. Yum, yum. I mean, that's – so I can't look at counting stats with him. He's never been the lead ball carry. Then I go Dewan Edwards. 
I was like, wait, where did he get 37 receptions? How yeah. many, how many carries did Dewan Edwards have, my friend? 165. 27 carries over, ten, or 27 runs over 10 yards. Oh, oh, he's 5'9", 202. And you don't scout the uniform, which I agree, but here's the reality. Coaches Good do. players go to Georgia. Yep. They go to Georgia. Yep. You know what? I And they probably I, get drafted, right now, you know. Yep. I haven't had one dynasty draft and I've done them up to 3 rounds. So that I haven't done yep. the 5 or 6 round thing yet. Sure. No one's taken Milton or Dewan Edwards in any of the drafts. So true. Tell you right they're now they're if they're the sitting radar. in the 4th, 5th round, I'm taking them. Yes. Cuz coaches are going to like them. They're going to like yep. Georgia backs. I'm sorry. Just and they played in the SEC. Yep. These per efficiency explosive numbers, they matter in the SEC. I'm yep. sorry. And yep. then context. You could yep. say, well, they're class of 2020 out of high school. Yep. They don't get on the field at Georgia right away. It's hard. That's why these I guys play four yeah. years at Georgia and Alabama. Josh Jacobs, four years. Yep. They don't get on the field, brother. Yep. So I can't look at that. They're not going to have early breakout. Eight. They're not going to get 1,200 yards. There's no Herschel Walker anymore who's right. going to walk into Georgia and get 250 carries as a freshman. Yeah. So you know what? They've got I five like five-star running backs. Right, exactly. Right, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, there's yeah. A, and that's why they're going to fall to the fourth or fifth round in the NFL draft. I think I have day three grades. But they're going take. to get drafted. And they're going to get opportunities somewhere. They are. They're going to get opportunity. Yeah, this is a great take because they might just be good, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's they like, just might be good. They just might be good, and, and and analytically, they sort of fall behind a little bit. And I'm actually a little bit surprised because a lot of times the the big school you know backs kind of get oversteamed. It's like the Riley Ridley effect. Remember him? You know, I was oh, like, he's not. Route Savant. I was like, dude, he is not an NFL player. He's but, not an yeah, NFL he, guy. Yeah, because he had the helmet and everything. Everybody, you know, elevates these guys. And it didn't happen with these two yet. I think yeah. you're smart to sort of highlight them and make sure that we don't forget them based off of raw counting stats. I think if you, you know, I know you can't do this, but if you put those two guys together, oh. they'd have been a monster this year. You know oh, what I mean? Nick now, they're, they're not round. one guy. They are two guys, you know. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. No, it's a, it's a good take. I like it, and, and it could very well be that these guys are – are at least good enough to be especially mentioned with Marshawn Lloyd or something like that, you know, uh, who's no stud himself, you know? Yeah. And like, I'm looking at the guys there around in my model, right? Yeah. Cody Schrader, who I like. Yeah. Jawar Jordan, Louisville. I like Dylan Lauby out of New Hampshire. I mean, but he's a 23 year old back out of New Hampshire. And I'm a new Englander, but like, let's hey, be don't, don't, don't poo poo <laughs> your son. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. But let's be serious, right? Like, what yeah. are we really talking about? And I like right. him and I want him to play well, and he's a great pass right. catcher. But am I going – I just think the Georgia backs are getting overlooked. Yeah. And maybe – you know what? You just said it. Maybe they were both really good, and maybe. the coaching staff wanted to keep them around, and they split the carries and touches. That's It's, it's possible. Yeah. It's very so, possible. I like them. That's a good take. I like it a lot. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, did you scout my guy? Um, you know, I should say our guy because Thor came on here and echoed my sentiments about Kimani Vidal. 
Um, oh, so you know interesting. I love the film. There might not be a more exciting back in college football, dude. And, yes. And, and if you watch the Troy Trojans, they had like the best defense the last two years at the G5 program. Like literally it was them or Tulane over the last, and Tulane wasn't as good this year as they were the year before. Um, But their defense, Troy, they got after people. Like they hit the quarterback. And what do you do when you have a dominant defense? Run the football. You run the football. Oh, my God. Kamani Vidal, his yards after contact, popping people, hitting people, pass catch. He was literally their offense. 92 career receptions, over 4,000 rushing yards, 4,700 yards from scrimmage. Great grade by PFF. I was shocked they gave him a 92.7. But I'm wary of a G5 guy. Yes. Who's a little bit older. 5'8", 215. I'm not. So here's where my number is weird. I've, I've thought about this number a lot. I, I, I don't get enough sleep thinking over this data. He had 47 runs over 10 plus yards. But then I looked at the schedule. Yeah. He might not have been playing a linebacker who's going to be in the NFL next year. Probably not. I agree. Right? So, and then, so to me, I need to see the um, three-cone drill. I need to see the shuttle. I need to see how or lack of explosive he actually is. Yeah. We I'm, talked about John. Hey, we talked about this. Thor and I talked about this last week. I, I yeah. said he's going to run like a four six five in the forty. He's not going to be fast. Okay, no, he's not. But, but five but, five but maybe. We, but we said <laughs> that he might be one of the fastest ones uh, in the first ten yard split because he's and so that explosive, right? He's so explosive, and and yeah. if he's that explosive, he might also be you know with the jumps. You know, he might be explosive but not fast. Yeah, and you're right. If he's explosive and not fast, that's okay. He brought up a comp that I really liked, and he, he he said he reminds him a lot of Jalen Warren from last you know from last year. Oh, interesting! Um, you know, another sh- shorter, stockier guy who was yeah, yeah. unheralded from a smaller school who you know just wows on tape, yeah. and it starts to make a little bit of sense. Uh, he was a pass catcher. He was highly rated, at, like you said. From a, look, you put on the film, you watch him play, and you're like, that's a good running back. Like, yeah, isn't he I don't from know what Georgia else too? Right, he's from Georgia. Hmm. I think so. I think he's a I Georgia. I think he's a Georgia recruit. But you look. I have thirty. What do I have? Thirty-three running backs. So I. But yeah, he he was a higher-rated prospect than you thought. But he went to Troy, which is yeah. you know you're like wow, interesting. And he stayed there. Yeah. So that's interesting too. He's got great film, man. You know, you watch him. Oh, like great. so when it, when it comes to like like you even talked about the Dylan Lob or whatever. All these like. These yeah. guys, I, 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 so far, again, it's going to depend upon some of the draft capital landings, but all that shit, of course. But yeah, yeah. for my money, if we're drafting right now, I'm taking him ahead of that group, you know. So, you know, I want Kamani Vidal after the sort of the cream of the crop guys from big schools, but yeah. before all the other smaller school guys that you know we have questions about because we don't know who they are. I think that's where Kamani Vidal fits in. You know, you kind of wonder what an NFL team will sort of see him as, and that's yeah, my yeah. biggest concern. Of course, you know, these sleeper backs, it's not like – it's really hard. I mean, it's really, really hard to to get on the field, oh, <laughs> in yeah. other words, at the NFL I mean, level. My so. fear is – my fear, what if he's an undrafted free agent? Which Very is possible. 
almost a death note. It's not yep. guaranteed. Pretty much. Yep. Pretty much. Yep. Pretty much. It's hard to be Austin Eckler. That's that's the one in yep. you know a thousand. Like that's not normal. Yep. Um, yep. So I need. I hope he's a fifth round pick yep. or a sixth. You know, maybe they just take the flyer in the sixth round. Yep, that's really what he needs is some of that five six draft capital. It's funny yes. because like you know um, we, we we liked uh, Jordan Mason a couple years oh, yeah. ago, it was two years ago. You know yeah, Georgia Tech he was kid, Georgia Tech. You know, and I liked him. I was like, man, you know, I heard Felix talking about him. I went and watched the film. I was like, the kid does kind of run violent. He's a he's a good little runner, you know. Yeah. And so he goes undrafted and then like made the team, and I was like, victory. I was right. You know, it is like. You know, in other words, him making the team was proof that we were right about him, even though he has very little, you know, fantasy. You know, so sometimes when you're looking deep, yeah, man, you know, an undrafted guy who makes the team and scores touchdowns no. on the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, man, told you he was good. Like, yeah, it's a victory. It, it's a victory, you know. And so, you know, sometimes when you're digging deep, you're just really trying to find. And, and it, you know, Jalen Warren happens, but you just want to be with, the you know, the right running backs. But a lot of time with the running backs – it can be almost just circumstantial. You know, if, 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 if Christian McCaffrey would have broken his leg in the Super Bowl and, uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell would have sprained his ankle, Jordan Mason would have played. But yeah, that's the only way he gets on the field. And that, the, the third running back on every team is basically the same thing. They're not getting on the field. So, yeah. But at the wide receiver position, targets Woo! are earned. Let's go. Targets are earned, baby. And we're going to go to the wide receiver position right now. Right now, baby. And I, have been saying, listen, John, I said on Twitter that it's possible that maybe Malik Neighbors might be. It's possible that he's the best wide receiver in this class and pitchforks and everybody was like, what are you, crazy? You can't say that with a straight face. I got mocked and ridiculed, to use a Felix Sharp statement, mocked and ridiculed for that take. And I didn't even say he was the best. I just said he might be. Mr. John Lobb, who is the wide receiver one in this class, my friend? Well, you can come after me with pitchforks. It's Malik Neighbors. Doesn't matter. I've had him at number one since December 1st. And by about mid-October, I started to contemplate it. I started to say to myself, is Neighbors better than Harrison? Am I just crazy? And I have them in, I have three Debbie leagues. I, I try to limit, like, I'm not the, one of those guys. I just, with the family and full-time job, I'm like, okay, I'm going <laughs> right. to try to limit what I do. I yeah. have neighbors in all three Debbie leagues. I won the Kings Classic from Canton, Ohio, drafting neighbors in the third round. I was all in, and people told me I was on drugs. And I literally said, I guess you've never watched tape before. Because you need to watch the tape of the year before. Because this is after his first season of 1,000 yards. And no one liked Neighbors. I mean, like, it was like, like, people were like, what are you talking about? I was getting Neighbors and Debbie drafts at 110. I I took him in the second round of a draft because no one wanted him. I'm sitting there, I'm like, do I want three shears of, fuck it, taking him. I can't let Neighbors fall. And I, I literally had people like laughing, like, there's no way neighbors. I'm like, I watch the film, whatever. I don't care. I did. I love them. And they got hooked up on his four star. I guess so many people worry about, I don't give a crap what they did in high school. 
What right. do you do on the college field? What <laughs> right. do you do on the college field? I don't like. Yes, it's nice. Maybe we should. Maybe we should reevaluate whether Justin Jefferson is any good because he was a three star. So let's. Yeah, I'm, I'm knocking him down. People Forget about become it. so wet to yeah. their they're locked in high school tape. Come on, yeah. stop it. So, anyways, by mid October, I'm like. Watching Jaden Daniels, I'm watching this LSU. Their defense was shit. They're giving up 40 points a game. The offense is scoring 45. And I just keep seeing, all I keep seeing is Malik Neighbors wide open 30 yards down the field. That's all I see. And Brian, I'm like, God, is he that? Like, he even, I loved him. And he was better than what I thought. Like, I thought, I dare any of your listeners. To find anyone on record who loved Malik Neighbors more than me. That does not happen from last summer. Go find him. I have people laughing. I saw Debbie rankings with him outside the top 15. I had him at number six. And I wanted to put him higher, but I just, I was like, ah, you get him at six. Yeah. So, and then I said, you know what? I'm going to put him number one. I don't give a shit. And then I put in my model. And like I said, right around the holidays, I have the week off. Like, that's it. I'm done. I, and if you don't believe me, I went on Sirius XM with Bob Harris. I went on Sirius XM with Dan Claskins and them. And I both times said Malik Neighbors is my number one guy. And they're like, hot take. I'm like, I don't think it's is a it? hot take. But people maybe do. Watch the film. And Put here's your eyes the- into your sockets and then watch him play football. And then you might see that he's awesome. So I put him in my model, and he basically beats Marvin Harrison in every stat. He does. He does. And then, I'm sorry, there's two things that I think he's more versatile than Harrison. Harrison's a classic X. He is. My friend, you can put Malik Neighbors in the slot. You can put Malik Neighbors at the Y. You can put Malik Neighbors at the X. You can put him in motion. God damn it, you can put him in the backfield if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. Then, 20 yards down the field, I think Malik Neighbors is better. He gets more separation deep down the field. That's a Marvin fact. Harrison is great. And I'm not saying he's not great. That's right. But what you're doing is tape lock and group, you're locked on it. You can't yes. admit to yourself, because I said, because you made the statement last year, Marvin Harrison's a generational, better than everyone. You That's can't right. say to yourself that a four-star, which ironically, Harrison was only a four-star, and that's another story for another day. But you can't admit to yourself what you thought a year ago that someone surpassed him in your rankings. Can't but that be. happens, people. No, John, the rankings never change. They stay the same forever. It's you didn't you didn't know that. And I like Harry. Don't get me wrong. I think they're That's both the thing. Yeah. They're both top five picks. They yes, are. They're awesome. If you take awesome. out the quarterbacks, they're the top two players in the draft. Yeah, for sure. They're dope. Marvin Harrison is dope. They're dope, dude. But if you ask me, and here's what will happen, and this is why Harrison will go first. An organization will not accept that they could be wrong that Neighbors is yeah. better than Harrison. That's right. So you're the fourth. Who's got the fourth pick? Um, the Redskins – or the, the Redskins. The Commanders got three. Careful who's now. Who's got the fourth pick? 
Yeah. Uh, Patriots are three, and then um, oh, Patriots are three. Uh, oh my Why god! You do this to me, John. Oh, oh and, my. Uh, Arizona. 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 They will not oh. admit that there's a chance that Malik Neighbors is better because they, they will. They will. It's not, too risky. Yeah. Too risky. They're yeah. going to get destroyed in the press. Yeah, if you, if they're wrong, they're wrong, right? That's, if they're if they're wrong with Marvin Harrison, they weren't wrong. They weren't wrong. He just they failed. weren't wrong. They didn't. They didn't. Failed. They were right. Yes, that's right. That's right. And that's actually what happens in our rookie drafts too, right now. Like, yes, you know. So so John, I I basically was like, you know, these guys are good. Obviously, I don't watch college football that much. I, so then I go watch the tape, and I I was like. You know, I watch Marvin Harrison. You're like, dude, this guy's sick. Like, he's you sick. know, he's sick along the sidelines, like just making every Everything. catch. Like he's DeAndre Hopkins plus a AJ Green out there. You're like, yeah. dude, this guy's so good. And I was like, well, obviously, I'm not going to see that type of, you know, player from neighbors. I'm excited to watch him. Yeah, it, 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 I, I, it was like a religious experience watching it neighbors. You're. <laughs> He's unbelievable because he does things that is really primed for today's game. Yes. You know, run after catch, downfield, deep ball, screen game. You know, the other thing, I, I said it again, and you watch in some of the highlights, he comes back to the ball in a way that is so effective, you know, for quarterbacks because it takes the interception away from the defense and it gives him a running start to sort of get, um, you know, yards after catch, which he was – maybe the best in the class at like he is so good at breaking and evading tackles after the catch. And then of course, if he has an angle, he's gone. Forget about it. He He obliterates people one-on-one deep down the field. Yep. Like, I mean, he literally made sec defensive backs look silly 20 yards down the field. Stuck in cement, bro. I mean that you, and you can't find that with Harrison. No, no. Now I you do see I some say, deep ball success and breaks away, but yes. you don't see him, you know, zigzagging and no, you don't see it. I, and at least, I will, you know, I'll give Harrison his props. You said I think he's better on the boundary for sure, dude. He may right. be the best I've seen in I, I don't know, like I, I, I Green. many, many years. Out Maybe there. AJ just, Green was really good when he was young. DeAndre Hopkins, right? Like really yeah. good on the boundary. Yes. But I think when you take the totality of their games, yeah. Leak Neighbors is better. Yeah. I, he can win in more ways. He can win in dude, man. I just hope, please, please end up with a creative offense. Like you yeah. cannot put Malik Neighbors at the X and just say beat someone one on one all day. If you yeah, do I mean, that, you'll be okay. You're a fool. You're yeah, a fool. He'll be all right. Yes. He'll, no. Oh, he'll be all you gotta, right. You got to deploy him somewhere yes. in between CeeDee Lamb and Justin Jefferson, you know, where it's yes. like. Run him all yeah. over. Like, yep. I love this guy. Like, yep. I too. want him. I hope he falls the fifth or sixth pick. I want him more than anything. Like, yeah, I think he's special. I'll yep, tell you, you know too. what? I, I had a dream. He went to the Bengals. Oh, they <laughs> let T Higgins go. And they got Malik Neighbors. Dude, you put him in Jamar Chase, wow. Joe Burrow, forget it. Holy forget smokes. It. Holy <laughs> yeah. smokes. Like I, I'm excited to see where he lands, but I think he's sort of uh, I know. landing spot proof. I think Marvin Harrison I Jr. is somewhat landing spot proof. 
but because he's going to be parked at X, that there are there are a few spots where I'm like, if he doesn't have a quarterback who can effectively deliver the ball, the ball right? You know, yes. then you start to go, hey, wait a minute now, what are we doing here? You know, you whereas Malik Neighbors is, of? yeah, he New won't England. last to him. Derek Carr <laughs> wouldn't have the chutzpah to throw the ball to him. No, New England is a, is a problem too. Oh my God, please don't. Every time I'm like, oh my God, don't let these two young men end up in New England. Oh my God, I know. Oh, I'm going to be so mad, dude. I mean, I'm a Patriots fan too. Where's Tom Brady? We need, Uh, we would need this guy back. We need this guy back. Come back, Tom. What a death knoll. Oh. For their fantasy value, if they end up in New <laughs> yeah. England, Marvin oh Harrison Jr. in New England, you just be like, "Oh my god, uh, this is no so bad." Quarterback, defensive no. coach, cold weather. Like you're just oh. like, "Oh my god, dude, this is Lord, bad. take me now." So take here's now. the question: Now, do you have Roma Dunze as your wide receiver three? Yes or no? I do now. I I I had another guy flip flopped him within the last two weeks. Okay. I watched more Dunze tape, and dude, he, so, but again, a classic X. But yes. here's what I I said this to my teammate Matt Hicks on the rookie big board, and I said he is, in my opinion, he's Demarius Thomas and Cortland Sutton. Okay, he is. Yeah. He is so good on the screens, dude. There's yeah. a punt return. Where no man 215 pounds and 6'3 should return a punt like that. Yeah, it yeah. should not happen. Then you watch some of the film and they're throwing a Dunze quick. Remember that Peyton Manning to Demarius Thomas and they get yeah. the guard out over there and over, over again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he would just make the first man. Like there is there is some Demarius. And I honestly, this might be hearsay. I think he's a better pass catcher than Demarius Thomas. Demarius yeah, Thomas sure. coming out of Georgia Tech was not a great pat. I think he grew into it totally, and Peyton made him better, right? Like Peyton yeah. demands better. I think Odunze is better than that, and he's way. I, and I just love him, dude. He's a top ten pick. I yeah. think in a normal year he's a number one or two, but he's literally coming up with two players who are unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. By the way, there was a there was a. Uh... There was a notable uh, NFL draft analyst yeah. who put <clears throat> Malik Neighbors. It's like you know six point seven eight rating and six point seven seven for Malik Neighbors over Marvin Harris. Just that little point zero one ahead of him. So you maybe know, we're not we're not so crazy. No, we're, I, look, I, I'm willing to get let 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 them come with the pitchforks. Like yeah. I, I, I'm going to go on my stance here. Maybe it turns out hot take. Maybe it's wrong. But my analysis, my model, my film study, he's better. I, yeah, I'm the, sorry. the model we're using, the anatomy that, that 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 I do every year. I've got some, you know, some help this year, which is a lot of fun, by the way. Working with some some really smart guys. Yeah. Um, but they're 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 it, it's it's really impressive. So. Roma Dunze, I like too. Yeah. I think he's a bit of a he's a little scary to me because he's a little outside exy. Yeah, uh, he's which an ex- you know, I, I you know sometimes that's like I'm watching some of the 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 the, the, the whether it be a, a game uh, or just highlight film. Either way, whenever you watch, it's like a lot of throws to the boundary, and somehow or another, every one of them is complete. <laughs> it's like unbelievable. Well, it's like wow, good this. throw, good catch. Wow, 
but he's covered it a lot. Was it for Marvin Harrison? Yeah. I would say Romeo Dunze is the best boundary receiver in this class. Yes. If, I'll tell you this, what he's the best at in my book. Ball tracking deep. He's the best ball yes. tracker, I think. And he's the I best. Agree. He's the best back shoulder catcher in the class. Yeah, you see I it do, all the well, this is going, aside I from this name, Marvin Harrison. This, this name's coming out. I think Aaron Rodgers and the Jets would lose their mind with Adunze on that team because yep. Aaron Rodgers loved those back shoulder throws. Yeah, he doesn't I'm mind you, throwing to covered players. And Adunze a lot of times looks covered. That's the thing. Looks, like Malik, Malik Neighbors is open. You're like, oh, my God, he's wide open. <laughs> like, holy shit, he's wide open. But, like, Adunze is co- covered, but he's open, you know? Yeah, I, he's the kind – I'll say that it's the old school. Whoops, I'm sorry. My dogs just came home. I apologize. Everyone. Right. God bless him. I, um, I, I, I will say this. He's always open. That's like the old school. <laughs> right, like, yes. like, oh, Dunze's open. If he's one-on-one, I don't care who. Like, he's open. Maybe yeah, open, against bro. Sauce Gardner. But, you know, yeah, like. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. He's open. Throw yeah. him the ball. Like, that yes. just, I just, I think he's going to be a top 10 pick. I do. So okay, we're 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 in there. I I agree. Okay, here's 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 a a question I've been asking. So you you look at the outside X. We talked about Adunze and we talked about Marvin Harrison. You know, every year, you know, there's a lot of these outside X's, and it's a lot of times they miss. You know, whether it's oh yeah, Quentin Johnston, Traylon Burks, Terrace Marshall. Like if they're not elite. You know, like we see with Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, then then a lot of times they miss. I mean, we've seen some hits, you know, obviously T. Higgins, Drake London, Michael Pittman, right? So you kind of look at it and go, okay, even though they're drafted highly, even though they're highly sought after, some of these guys just straight miss. You know, look, uh, Nikhil Harry, add him to the list, right? There's a lot of these misses. And they're not like... You know, yeah, they're just not that. It's not like no, Elijah they're, they're, Moore, where they're still good. They're like these guys are like fucking terrible. Out of the you league, know? like right? literally out of the league. Really, really bad. And so I would ask, you know, how do we? Because I, I don't know. This is not a rhetorical. This is like, how do we decipher between these types of prospects? And uh, what do you think we have in the group of like Keon Coleman, Ad Mitchell, and Brian Thomas? Great question, and I, I Thank I've you. been. I've been um, perplexed over the last two years about this. And last year was weird because we didn't have X receivers, right? We had all these smaller receivers who were uber separators, very good route runners. If they have a massive hole in their game, and what I mean by that, I was down on Quentin Johnson. I don't own one share in any dynasty league. and I said, Zero I mean, shares, zero cares. I said this on a ton of podcasts. You can't drop that many balls. You just can't. And then two, I said, did they manufacture plays for them? I don't see that with Odunze. I think Odunze was naturally in the flow of the game. When he was open, when the call, when they needed it, I didn't see a play where I said, they're just trying to jam that ball into Odunze. That's why I like T. Higgins. I yeah. thought he was in the natural flow of the game at Clemson. And I was, I was, I had T. Higgins number three coming out. And I yeah. was definitely higher on him than most. And I've had my misses, so I'm not trying to say For that. For sure. No, no, but, but yeah. I want to find if there's a hole 
in their game that will prevent them from being successful. So let's take Adone Mitchell, Texas, if I'm pronounced. I might do that wrong. When I look at him in my model, and I wasn't overly impressed with the film. So he's been a guy where I've had a look at a lot like, oh, my God, people love him. He wasn't even the number one receiver on his team. I didn't even think he, I never left the game going, whoa, he's the man. And there's two massive holes that I, I'm like, ooh, these are red flags. One, receiving yards per team pass attempt. Yep. He's bad. He's really bad. Yep. Two, his catch rate is bad. And you can say what you want about Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers is still an NFL prospect. We have one more year to see. But when you look at the totality of the level of college football players, Quinn Ewers is good enough. He should not have a 60% catch rate with a potential, potential pro quarterback. Those are two really big things. And then I only see 93 receptions. Why is he not on the field more? I, I just see, I'm like, am I missing something? Like my eyeball test said, I don't love them. Yeah. But people, and I don't see it. So maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not going to have a lot of him where he's coming right. I see people taking him at like pick 10 or 11. I'm like, sorry, yeah. no way. No yeah. way. Now, other guy. So that's my hole there, right? That's I'm like, that's a red flag. Yep. Keon Coleman. I looked at him. Okay. I get it. People say, well, did you see the game against LSU? And I said, yeah, he scored three touchdowns against LSU. I get it. Guys, LSU might have had the worst defense they've had in 40 years. Like, to say Keon Coleman had a great game against LSU Tigers, what are you talking about? LSU was terrible. They were bad. Like, they're using that as a positive. Right. Like, did you watch college foot? They were literally their defense was, which is one of the most weirdest things I've ever seen. Because we know historically they have tons of talent in the secondary. Next year they're going to have a first round draft pick at safety. They were awful. Like they they got the defensive coordinator out of there. They fired the whole house. They were beyond bad. So you're actually using. As a reason to like Keon Coleman, one game, first game of the year, against one of the worst defenses we've ever seen. Oh, okay. So then I put Keon Coleman into my model. Interesting. He has a worse receiving yards per team of pass attempts than Adoni Mitchell. Huh? I thought he was great. His catch percentage is worse than Adoni Mitchell, 56%. His yards per route run doesn't exceed my benchmark. No, it's I bad. Don't, and I'm not a big – his A dot, though, is really bad. Yep. God, he's got some massive holes in him. Yeah. I get that he returned at Michigan State. I get that he played basketball, but I don't care. I care what he did on the football field. Right. I have him at 11, and, and I know <laughs> – People have them at like top five, top six. I'm not even close. I you know, would John, not be- John, John we have a we have a we have another one. Uh contested target percentage. So how often oh. when he's targeted, was he in a contested situation? All the 30, time. 
34.5%, which was by far number one in the class. So he was he was catching, you know, he, he was way, way in the red there. Absolutely the worst. You know, next was like Jermaine Burton, um, yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. also up there, no. which was a little bit concerning like we talked you about. Yeah. Malik Neighbors gets better separation. I mean, I that on the film told me Malik Neighbors gets more separation than Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes, he's seventeen point two percent as opposed to twenty six percent, but basically thirty five percent for Keon Coleman. Twenty percent, twenty percent of his uh, catches came contested. You know, I mean, he's just awful. awful. That's awful. Yep. Yeah, awful. And and the the A dot wasn't that far down the field, so it's not like and yeah, he was bad. And you know, one point seven four yards per route run, also pretty much the worst. Him and A D Mitchell, one point seven two for A D Mitchell, very, very bad. So you're you know, looking at two, you know, two players that have a lot of red on their, you know, on their uh you know bingo uh, card. scatter chart. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, here's um, one thing I dare yep. anyone. To show me a clip, and, and I haven't, I, I'm not saying I've watched every route of Keon Coleman, okay? So let me be clear. I, I do about five games. Show me a route where Keon Coleman ran 20 yards, had an option route, post or, or a crosser, ran that option route, and then gained separation. Watch Malik Neighbors, dude. I can show you that route from the slot. That route from the X and that route from the Y. And I can show you that he gets 10 yards of separation on the route. Let me let me a, ask you let me ask you a question. Who do you think in this class had the highest percentage of missed tackles forced per reception? I might be off base, but if you ask me, Troy Franklin, Oregon? He's not bad, but it was it was oh. it was Malik Neighbors. Oh, so there you go. There's no reason not to like. I don't get it, my friend. Yep. He's by yep. far the – he's awesome. Yes. He's the awesome. Other, the other guy actually was Malik Washington uh, and Lad McConkey. Oh, interesting. So, I mean, yep. Lad's an – I like Lad, but I yep. think he has a limited ceiling. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, agree. Yeah, I think he's a number two – I think yes. he's eleven hundred in in a great season. I think he's eleven hundred yards. Like once he might hit that eleven hundred yeah. yard. I think he's an eight hundred and fifty to nine hundred and fifty yards, sixty to seventy catches. Really good football player. Like yeah. I really like Lab McConkey as a football player. I think his ceiling's a little limited, which people aren't talking about. That's right. No, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair because, I mean, you know, he doesn't necessarily have – well, we'll see how how fast he runs. But, yeah, I mean, he's just a really, really good route, you know, route yeah. runner, right? I mean, he's just Sorry. really, really skilled. And, yeah, his yeah. his raw numbers don't jump off the page. But his his per, um, per route run numbers, especially in zone, you know, I was yeah, talking yeah. about this with, with – with, uh, I think it was with Thor. I was like, you know, you got to remember zone is being run at the highest rate it's ever been run at the NFL level – too yeah. high shell, the middle's open. Like this is where you make your money. He was four point two seven yards per route run uh, against zone. Second only to I'll give you one guess. Who is, who is he? Second? Bingo. <laughs> I mean, dude, there's no number that you can't like with Malik Neighbors. I don't. You know what's weird? I'm being dead on it. And how come people yeah. aren't talking about him enough? Like, are know, you man. not? I, yeah. I just. 
Like it has become, and I'm I'm kind of baffled by this. Yeah. People are literally mimicking, like um, talking magpies. They've all heard that Marvin Harrison is the number one, and I really believe this. They are literally saying Marvin Harrison is number one without ever looking at anything. They right. look at some raw numbers, and everyone told me he's number one, so guess what? So he is. That's right. So that's is. a lot of the opinions are based on that. Yes. And yes. they've heard someone talk and that's good enough. Hey, let me ask yes. you another player real quick, because I, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on Xavier Leggett. Cause he pops a little bit in the model when you look at just, of course, this past year, but of course, if you take in his totality, you know, those four years of doing nothing and <laughs> it, it's a little bit of a, of a puzzle for me, but you do watch, uh, college football. I'm sure you've seen him play. I'm sure oh, you're yeah. familiar with his game. Uh, tell me what your thoughts are for Xavier Leggett, because I know you do balance some of that analytical versus the film. And, you know, analytically, we should be running for the hills because of the four <laughs> years of nothing, right? But, like, I, yeah. I still think there's probably something there worth worth listening to. So what are your thoughts here? I have him as a day three pick. But I think the NFL is going to like him more than I do. Because you're right about the analytical model. It's hard to swallow. He came out in the high school class in 2019. I mean, that's a that's before COVID. I mean, that's like yeah. a long time ago. So you ask yourself, why did he not get on the field? And I will say this. I try to give people benefit of the doubt because change coaches. Maybe the old coaching staff hated him. You never know why these young men get opportunities and why they don't sometimes, right? There's so many yeah. factors. I love the film this year. He literally came from nowhere. I mean, I what did I have? Nine college fantasy football teams, and I had seven best ball. I don't think he was drafted in one. Like right. literally, when we're talking, and I'm talking 30 man rosters of yeah, best deep. ball. Yeah. And no one drafted him, right? And he was right. like a week one or two waiver wire in your redraft season lock. Yeah. Love the film this year. Yeah. But I went back and studied it. There's some <laughs> holes. I don't think he's a crisp route runner. I think he runs with too much physicality. He was just bigger now. He was listed at 6'3, so it kind of annoys me that he's actually just 6'1. Six, six foot, right? Yeah. 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 Six, six foot and a half, half whatever. Yeah. whatever. Yeah. So that bothers me. He had a bad week in the Senior Bowl, but I will give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he just had a bad week. But I have him as my 14th ranked receiver. That's He's fair. going to get drafted. He has punt return and special team chops, which will get him on the field occasionally and get him in the five-man rotation if he makes the – you know, I expect him to make a roster. I think there's a ceiling there. So as I was through this process, I began to think, oh, yeah, South Carolina. He's not Debo. <laughs> like, right. this, he's not, not even close. And I'm like, he leans more to Brian Edwards to me than, that, than Debo. And that's a big red flag. Late breakout. Big player wins with physicality. Definitely has athletic ability and talent. Raw rock runner. Needs yeah. more time. But he's going to be given a chance on kick. He's going to be given a chance somewhere. He is, but I, 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 I'm probably not going to have him. I think there'll be a dynasty owner who likes him more than I do. Yeah, but I have. I feel like he'll be, he'll be, he'll be the Jonathan Mingo in that way for me. Like, 
I just, Unfortunately, you know, at, at, at cost, I would have taken Jonathan Mingo somewhere along the lines, but never where everybody else was taking him. So for me, I missed on Jonathan Mingo. I'm, you know, I was fine with it. Uh, now I'm even more fine with it because I actually, I'm ready to rebuy into Jonathan Mingo. Now I think his, his, his he's fallen down, but like he was, he, I saw him get drafted in the first round in some rookie drafts. Oh, yeah. like, get the hell out of here. And, and, and my, my partner, and I, I talk about my partner, Matt, a lot. He thinks he's going to go in the second round. I'm not as it's, convinced it's as possible. Matt. I don't think but, so, but and that's it's the thing, possible. right? Like, if there's a It's the Jonathan Mingo thing. It's it's physicality. It's the, you know, hey, this this kid's got the skills. You coach him up. You know, yes. it's, a scout, it's the scout room. You know, it's the guy who yes. throws 98 and can't control his fastball. We're drafting yes. him. You fucking fix him. Yes, yeah. and, and there might be a coach who says, I want that big guy. I yeah. want that guy. Big guy right? running fast. Put him on the team. You teach him how to run routes. What the hell am I paying you for, coach? Yes. Yeah. So that might happen, but I think I'm out right now at price. Yeah. Well, if he gets steamed up, then I'm definitely out. I, I think he's an interesting later. Here's the question. I w- we got to get going at some point, man. I, yeah. I love it. We could talk forever. We could do this. I mean, John Lobb can go for days, <laughs> literally, just straight. Just talking, having fun. Well, that's what it feels like, man. We're having a good oh, time. Oh, exactly. definitely you know? having fun. I mean, this is a great show. Hopefully, y'all are loving it. I mean, I can listen to John just scream at, about certain things all the time. What the hell are you talking about? I love him. I love my guy. <laughs> but um, but here's the one I want to ask. So after the first three, it, it can be your, your wide receiver four or whatever. But I'm just thinking, like, who are you most sort of excited about through the process after the big three? you know, that you kind of say, I wonder if this guy's good. Cause I've got two that I'm starting to talk about and think about and percolate Who, who's kind of exciting for you at this particular point. Maybe some asymmetrical upside. It's Javon Baker of UCF. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I have grown to love him in mm-hmm. this process. And I watched a lot of UCF football because I play college fantasy football and they've been a very good offense. So I had to put this into context because when I'm watching them, it was really a running game. They have a good running back and they have a quarterback, John Reese Plumley. It's not an NFL prospect, but he was a college guy because you get 700 yards rushing and 10 touchdowns. So I watched a lot of UCF. When the season ended, and they weren't great this year, so I forget, did they play in a bowl game? They might have played in a bowl game. But I put in his stats. I was like, he's 6'1"? He's 208? Wow. He's bigger than I thought. Like, I didn't think he looked that big, right? Yeah. And I had a lot of them in DFS. He was a DFS darling. He made me a lot of money in September and early October. So then I started plugging the numbers. I'm like, wait, 34% aerial dominator? He was that good? They threw, wow, okay. I knew they threw throwing him the ball a lot, but that's really interesting. Then I saw yards per route run. Yep. 17.5 over four years? Whoa. They're throwing. This is a Gus Malzone offense with basically a running quarterback, and they're throwing him the deep ball. Okay, that's fascinating. PFF dot was 17.1? Yes. All right. What did I miss? What did I – like, I literally – that's I said, why did my radar not go off, right? Like, okay. I went back to the film. I fell in love with him. He's an ex-receiver. Now, yep. your concerns, there's a wide range of outcomes for him. Like, there is. Because there's, yes. there's some contested catches on there. There definitely is. But I will say this. This is where context matters. 
Gus Malzahn isn't running the most sophisticated offense passing game in the world. It's not like they were scheming him up to get one-on-one opportunities or to run deep crossers, deep post patterns. Then I said, okay, that's right. He went to Alabama. I went back. I'm like, well, we know Alabama gets their players late in the process because they always like the upperclassmen. He had some guy named Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell in that locker room. Okay. Then this guy, Jamison Williams, came from Ohio State. So he literally sat the bench for three years behind three first-round prospects. Plus, um, who's the guy in Houston? Um, John Mechie. Oh, that's right. So he was in a locker room where he couldn't get on the field. So he makes a business decision. And he goes to UCF. He was a highly touted kid. He ended up Alabama. What else do you have to need to say? Obviously, Nick Saban liked him, right? Right. Not that Nick Saban has gotten everything. He got rid of Jalen Hurts. That's a whole story for another day. But, man, I love with a little route running and scheme, with some NFL coaching where they're really trying to work him into it, I love Javon Baker, man. And I'll tell you what like, I like. You know what I gonna, saw? In this? Yeah, I'll, you're going to like this, too. John, he's got, one, Zay one Flowers, he's got Zay Flowers' anger. He plays with passion and fury. And I'm sorry, I like I saw that with Zay Flowers of Boston College, and I see that. Like, I'm telling you right now, if I was a defensive back, I would hate Javon Baker. He talks trash. He's yapping. But you know what? If I'm on the offense with him, I love him. Like I, I just, I like that in my receiver. Go ahead. No, that's exactly right. I was going to say you're going to love this if you didn't hear Thor on last show talk about J- Javon Baker. He said Javon Baker thinks he's the best wide receiver in this he class, does. and he, unironically, like just that's who he thinks he is. And I said, yes. Well, that's an interesting dynamic because that means that if he he has he has a huge a range of outcomes because if yes. he thinks he's that good, he's going to walk in someplace and not be overwhelmed. He, you know, he's not, not going to be sky more, you know, no, like he's no. either going to fucking flame out or he's going to, you know, like big problems or whatever, or he's yeah. going to go in there and like, be like, give me the damn ball. I'm open. And you know, he, I the like eyes that. are not going to get wide. Right. Yeah. I, I, I want my receivers like that. I do. I'm sorry. Of course. I've seen too many good receivers from Terrell Owens to Chad Johnson to now Zay Flowers. It's a person, and I get that it can grate on you, like I understand, but there's also to be the alpha male and to compete at this level where literally defensive backs are trying to take separate you from your money and the ball and your head. Yep. and yep. Like, you got to have that. And I like that alpha male mentality. And he's got yeah. it. He's got, he's got it. it. Yeah. So he's going to be the upside swing. You yes. know, he's going to be the upside swing at, at the position. I absolutely love it. My friend, we have been going for a couple hours. I think we got to <laughs> give the people, we got to give the people a break. They got to go to the bathroom or something like that. But listen, I love you. Tell the people where they can find you. They can now find you on player profiler. That's very exciting. I know you were excited to make that move and, you know, to really feature your work uh, there is going to be really cool. Obviously, 
you know, I'll tell the people. I tried to get John to join me at the Undroppables. He made a, a move to the Player Profile Network. Awesome. That's how much I love him. I would work with you any day. I love having you around. And thank you so much for joining us. But tell everybody where they can find your awesome work. Yeah, everything now is at Player Profiler. The top six quarterback, their rookie reports are up. But more importantly, what I do is I have my model, and you can click on the link to see what my model is, and it ranks all the players. And what I try to do is put all my players in context. So if you go there now, what you will see is the top, I think I have the top 16 quarterbacks of the last 11 years and how they look in the model. So you can look at Caleb Williams and you can compare him with Lamar Jackson if you want. Now, the only guy my modeled, and I want to be honest with you, I missed on, on Josh Allen. I had him as number four prospect Absolutely. in that class. I missed The model, yeah. he wasn't good at Wyoming. You no. saw the athletic ability, but the model said he – so I, I don't – look, at, I had a first-round grade, but my model – said, Josh Allen, there's some holes in here. Totally wrong. Like, we're going to miss no matter what we do. Absolutely. But Josh Allen, I had him as the fourth-rated quarterback. I didn't have him number one. There were people who had him higher than I did. I liked him coming out of Wyoming. I wasn't googly. I knew the athleticism was there, but there was holes. But you can compare, and why I'm doing that, you can look at Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, why I like Jalen Hurts so much. And you can compare them. The running, the quarterbacks are up. Running backs should be up there by the time you listen to this because I've I've uploaded it. Just waiting for it to be published. Wide receivers are going up probably in about ten days, seven to ten days. And right now in my model, I have it open because we were just talking about wide receivers. I have thirty-five wide receivers in my model, and I have the in the last eleven years I have thirty-one wide receivers. So I have from Amari Cooper to Jerry Judy to Juju Smith-Schuster, all the way down to Rashad Bateman. Like, you can see how this year's class compares to the other top receivers. So that's all on Player Profiler now. And then I've alluded to it, Rookie Big Board. I'm still doing our video series. We just came out. We um we were a little late this year, but we've got eight in the next um, eight player profiles on YouTube, on the Rookie Big Board channel. Look at that. John Lobb, everybody. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, my friend. I had any time. I'll talk for two hours with you anytime, my friend. I love it. I, I, I could go for two hours more. I just don't... I, we have to, like, I think contractually, ob- contractually obligated to end the show at some point. I don't know. We can just keep <laughs> doing this. Like, just keep I'll going. I have, it's Valentine's Day. My mom lives with us now. My, my, I have two daughters and my wife. They might kill me if I, yes. if I go for another two hours. You can't. You, you got to go. Happy Valentine's no. Day. <laughs> go, go enjoy your family. And, uh, and thank you so much for coming on. And on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, and on behalf of the greatest podcast producer to ever walk the land, Mr. Michael P. Duncan. You have been joined by Mr. John Lobb. I am Jax Falcone, and we are out. Out.